This is going to be a real bastard of a podcast. <laughs> Don't think I've ever mm. been so uncomfy. But I yeah. don't know why you didn't just take a chair for the podcast. I know, mate. I'm really, really silly. Really, I'm half tempted yeah. just to lie down in my bed. <laughs> um, why don't you just like see? You can't. Do you remember the old like roller wheel bed chairs that you change the angle? Yeah. So you could have them sat up. Yeah. You can't do that anymore. No, you can't. Not at all. These cheap fucking hinges that they put in to save money. Do you think? I think they're better, mate. I prefer a flat bed. I prefer a roller wheel, mate. Maybe you should go old school by yourself, like a magic carp bed chair or something. Magic carp? Yeah, can you remember them? No. Or was it dragon, dragon carp, maybe, actually? No, I don't remember that. I, had, I bought, a, I had a um, an old solar um, Max 4 Realtree one that I got from... Truro, that that sea fishing shop in the middle of Truro mm-hmm. in Cornwall, I had that thing for fucking years. It did well, mate. Oh, the... Did well with the old roller wheels, mm-hmm. like that. Prologic one. Was it Prologic or Solo? It was Prologic, wasn't it? Was, it? Mate. Yeah, I remember it. it. Had that. They had that like kind of like weird camo at the time, didn't they? It was like bull rush reedy sort of camo. Can you remember that? Yeah, it's called Max Four Real Tree. Ah, okay. Yes. If you remember, Pete, I had the Max 4 Real Treaty long sleeve t shirt as well. Do you remember that? I, oh, mate, I remember in, at the time you were telling me I needed to fucking dress more carpy. <laughs> I've got photos of you in that, mate. Ever since There's a picture of me with a big bream, isn't there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. When, um, <laughs> ever since you put that story up of me with like the soy tattoo <laughs> for my birthday I'm like right and fucking photos are coming out and they're going to see the light of day <laughs> oh, it's fucking hideous mate absolutely hideous oh cringe mm. anyway should we go yeah we're ready I think we're we're into it anyway aren't we I think so mate anyway welcome back to the Carp Chronicles podcast it has been ages since we put an episode out and we do apologise about that Pete how long has it been, mate? I think six weeks. I want to say about six weeks. You know, since the last one came out, yeah, probably is six weeks, but it's actually probably a little bit longer before we actually recorded it, I'd say. Um, yeah, probably two months. Mm. We've had a mm. bit of bad luck with episodes which didn't air. Um, so, yeah, that's sort of like thrown us back a bit. And then obviously, I don't know, we just run out of time, haven't we? I mean, I went back to work from furlough, which ate a lot of time up. Um, and then... Well, yeah, as you know, I've had a sort of a family bereavement, which has sort of taken a few weeks out of my life as well. So it's been a bit of a bit of a funny time. I've not done a lot of fishing and I'm out on the bank tonight and it is heaven, mate. I am enjoying stuff. Well, enjoying life. <sighs> jealous. Yeah, I'm jealous of you, mate. I was supposed to be fishing as well tonight, but to how we record this podcast is a little bit different when we're out on the bank, obviously. Um, my second phone is screwed, so taking one for the team, and I'm not fishing tonight, which I'm a bit gutted about. It's also the biggest moon of the year tonight, isn't it? Did you know that? I did know that, yeah. Do you know mm. what? The only reason I'm fishing as well is because we have the podcast booked in. It's very much two two birds with one stone. And, uh, mate, the weather conditions down here for me are just perfect. We've had this super low pressure. Um, like you say, it's the biggest biggest moon of the year tonight. I'm, feel, I'm feeling confident. I actually am. I'm seeing fish in front of me as well. 
Um, mm. I think I've got good as chance as any tonight, I have to say. Do you want to set the scene of what you're doing or not really? Yeah, yeah, I can do. So, uh, well, do you know what? So in front of me now, where I've set myself up, I'm looking at a lovely view of a big fucking bush of brambles, mate. Um, which is a little bit frustrating. It's just I've set myself up for this podcast so I don't make too much background noise. Um, so I'm fishing real tight in the edge. It's a very deep pit. It's all sort of margin work. I've pushed the brody right back as far away from the water as I can do here. Um, hence why I'm behind this sort of this bush, this bramble bush. Um, yeah, and I've just, so like I said, I've got two rods in the edge. Um, I'm fishing over my, remember the nut bait? I think I've spoken about it on the podcast. Um, during the furlough, furlough months, I sort of had a lot of time on my hands. So I've rolled up a lot of bait uh, for the season ahead and I haven't actually really started fishing yet. So um, I'm fishing with my nut bait and then I'm fishing with tiger nuts as well uh, on the hair because my bait I've made it, to be honest, it, I've made it so it's super soluble uh for, for my short session angling so like tonight i'm here for really 10 hours fishing overnight and i'm gone again in the morning uh, but it's just too soft uh, to leave on the hair and i haven't made any hardened hook bait so i've had some tiger nuts fermenting for a little while and i'm fishing with them and that sort of sums it up really yeah nice this is probably your first session of the spring well not that you can really call it a spring but this is your first session this spring, right? Yeah. Yeah, this is, you know what, this is my third night of the year. So I did the Shit. opening night of the season. Well, I say the season. <laughs> it's ridiculous, isn't it? When we were allowed to fish, I think it was a Monday night, I sort of ventured down to a local club border and had a couple out. Um, I did another night a few weeks after that um, on the same water, and I think I blanked. And, yeah, and then I've just not fished. I've, I've missed out on some sort of prime fishing sort of time and mm. this is the first mm. one yeah it's as we record this it is the 25th of may uh 2021 it's odd spring to say the least isn't it um but uh yeah it was it was literally hailing yesterday mm-hmm. hailing at the end of may is is you know it's not what you want to see is it but yeah you have obviously missed some some good fishing um certainly the waters around here Everyone's like, oh, it's fishing shit this year. Fishing. But they're coming out, you know, like the bigger fish are definitely coming out. There was a little spate of him a couple of weeks ago where a few of the bigger fish came out, mm-hmm. um, which is good to see. But yeah, I'm similar to you. I haven't been doing that much fishing at all. In fact, I haven't done a night for, I can't remember. I've literally only been able to afford enough time for just a couple of hour sessions stalking in the daytime. Um Luckily, though, I'm able to kind of time it around favourable weather changes, etc. Yeah. Um, so I've got that going in my favour. But yeah, I've just I've not had the time um, to do an overnighter. As I said, I was going to tonight. Um, that didn't work, but I think next week I will most definitely be out um, for a night's worth of fishing. And there we go. That's pretty much us up to speed without boring the life out of you all. <laughs> yeah, uh, That is pretty much what's been happening in a nutshell. So I think in this episode, uh, we're going to cover some questions, aren't we, Pete? Unless you've got anything you want to cover. Um, we put on Instagram, I think it was two weeks ago, because we were going to record an episode, but unfortunately we couldn't. Um, so we've got a load of listener questions. 
And I think that's all we're going to do, isn't it, mate? And then we'll probably just go off on tangents from there. Yeah, I think so. The listeners' questions are always good, aren't they? They, they always go down to little, to little sort of rabbit holes, don't they? Give us plenty to talk about. They do, mate. Yeah, indeed they do. I think it's nice. It almost feels like you're kind of connected to your listenership as well without sounding too mm-hmm. cheesy. Um, you almost kind of, you know, get to know people. And, uh, yeah, it's nice to hear from everyone. Um, no doubt we'll go off on loads of tangents from the questions as well. So I don't think we're going to be short on content. Before we jump into those questions, Pete, anything else you want to go over on this podcast? Anything you want to touch upon or not? I'll tell you what we should do, mate. You should mm. introduce or talk about our hook baits, given that we haven't actually advertised them. <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah, good point. Good point, mate. Yeah, we've been having a lot of questions about this as well. Like quite a few people have asked us to do an episode um, talking about our hook baits that we released on baitbros.co.uk. So slightly different website for the for, for selling our bait. Um, obviously, our, our normal podcast is found on our podcast website which you'll find linked in all of our social media Um, but yeah bait is sold on baitbros.co.uk which is obviously run by us it's our it's our little bait branch if you like um yeah well the thing is it's a bit odd isn't it because we briefly mentioned it on the intro of the john baker episode um then that was it i put a post up on instagram the other day just saying you know last batch has been made when they're gone they're gone so I suppose talking about them now is kind of asked backwards because they're not going to be available for much longer. Um, but why not? Should we should we go through them all? Yeah, let's do it. Do you want to do that, mate? Mm-hmm. Do I want to do it? Yeah. All right, mate. So which well, which one are we going <laughs> to go for first? You tell me, Pete. You tell me. Uh, okay, let's go for the toques. Toucans. The toucans. Sorry, the toucans. You don't like it when I abbreviate mm. things, do you? I don't. The Queen's Pod best English. Toucans. Yeah. No, I don't like it. Yeah. Toucans. Yeah. So, I mean, well, the toucans is a is a classic recipe, isn't it? Um, it's a bit of an old school one. Yeah. Mm. We've used it for a long time. Um, something we're confident in. And we've just sort of added our own little twist to it. I mean, I don't know how in depth we're, we're going to... We have, again, we haven't discussed this, have we? So I don't know how in depth... Not at all. Uh, we want to go with them. I don't know if you're going to put out like the recipe or if you want to just talk about the definitely not going to definitely not going to put out the recipe i presume you mean the classic recipe yeah rather than our version i don't even think we should do that no because i mean look th- we've made the last batch there's probably oh, there's not much left of them um but we might release them again at a later date and okay. i think it'll be sure to, uh, uh, sorry a shame to spoil our kind of intellectual property we definitely ain't going to tell them the the ins and outs sort of tricky bits of of our bait anyway because i just think that's just not the way to go um but yeah i mean for those of you who don't know the we're selling pop-ups they're all pop-ups they're generally high track bright pop-ups except for the hooters which perhaps we'll come on to in a moment um they comprise of there's no glass spheres or plastic spheres or anything like that it is an old school style mix, um, which is comprised of different milk proteins, which obviously float and, and some other bits and bobs. So they're all all natural, if you will, um, rather than these these kind of like cheap 
pop-ups that are just full of plastic and glass. Um, they're the real deal, and the base is is expensive to say the least. Um, but yeah, it, the the toucans are yellow. Um, it's got a kind of fruity, creamy type vibe. Um, and I've just realised I'm taking over from you explaining, aren't I, Pete? Carry on, mate. <laughs> it's all right, mate. You'll make it sound <laughs> way better than me. So there's there's two fruity flavours and a cream sort of Scopex flavour in there. Um, yeah. Two different uh, carboxylic acids um, and an essential oil, essentially, isn't it? There's more than two carboxylic acids in there, mate. Well, okay. See, I've got two. Mm, no, there's not. No. No. We let you off for that, though, because to be fair, I make the hook baits, don't I? <laughs> you did, mate. And now I want to know what's in them, but you can't say on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> sure, this is royally pissing off our listeners. <laughs> yeah, ridiculous. Uh, let's move on. Let's move on to the Hooters. Tell us about the Hooters, mate. Um, the Hooters. So, okay, so it's a darker hook bait um it's a brown color certain sort of well i'm gonna say um my nose would pick up the maple and the cinnamon um and again for like the sort of sort of a tractor package put to it we can't really discuss it i guess um but that's sort of the vibe you get it's certainly maple and cinnamon really sort of come through it's a darker hook bait um and it's just a little bit different isn't it to the to the rest of the range yeah so i mean obviously the these hook baits they're like you know what you'd call high attract bright high flavor levels in your face kind of hook baits um and what we wanted um, and what i find useful is sometimes having a you know i don't want to say high flavor level because it's not all about the flavors but high levels of attractors and stimulants let's say but in a darker hook bait you know so the, these are kind of they're quite dark brown, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Um, they're very, very subtle, but obviously the the, the, the stimulant levels, etc., and flavor levels are quite high. Um, you know, the kind of levels you'd normally see in like a bright orange or bright pink or something. Um, so that was the idea behind it, and it, it works well. They've definitely got their place. Um, but yes, yeah, there's two flavors in there. There's two essential oils. There's an oleo resin. Um, there's feed stimulants. Um, and that uh, there's a few little kind of, goodies in all of our hook baits um that's a kind of universal thing that i just don't think we would probably make a, a hook bait of this nature without um so yeah though those are quite those are quite good you're right though you can kind of get the the kind of woody savory a little bit of maple and cinnamon from from the smell of them um which by the way means absolutely bugger all you know it's, it's not what they smell like and that's not what's important um it's it's how the carp detect them um should we just run through the other two just so we're not boring people that aren't interested in these mm-hmm. um next up we've got tree fruit which is something i actually spent a lot of time working on well i say a lot of time um it's a very well thought out recipe um but having it's fairly new to me in as much as uh we utilized a certain essential oil that we got put onto uh, probably about a year ago um on one of our podcast episodes by dean towie um so yeah we'll let you work out whether we used the orange or i then later 
experimented with the tangerine which i had good success with but basically um there's a, a citrus essential oil in there there's some flavors as well there's a lot of esters in that hook bait as well um and to be honest it's done really really well since bringing it out my fish in my tank absolutely love it i'm not feeding them pop-ups obviously i'm talking about the the attractor taste etc profile um but yeah i'm really quite proud of those tree fruits actually i'm that they're it's one of those recipes like put it together obviously tweaked it but it just works really really well um basically i chucked the the essential oils on top of a, an older recipe um that i'd use and then i kind of tweaked it further from there as well um but yeah those are good they've they've been catching well um as of all of the hook baits but but particularly those probably uh and the toucans um and then lastly we've got yummies <laughs> which we named <laughs> <laughs> in honor of an old dodgy kebab house that me and pete used to go to um that's in newquay oh no it's not it's in weybridge isn't it in sorry weybridge, yeah yeah in weybridge and um that's just a real smelly fishy crabby type flavor um there's some spices in there oleo resins essential oils as well um so it's a kind of crabby stinky hook bait with 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 a twist of the spice you can definitely get the spices through there as well um again just great just great bait it's just going to work very very excuse me burping uh, it's just going to work very very well wherever it goes um there's things in it that obviously the the carp latch onto with their receptors and they find it very very easy to find um so it's a good one it's bright bright pink as well so it's quite in your face um loads of organic acids in it and yeah some really interesting bits in that one um and that's it four hook baits yummies which is the the crabby spicy one which is bright pink tree fruit which is bright orange um the hooters which is the kind of mapley cinnamony one which is dark color brown and then the toucans which is bright yellow as i said like we've made the last batch that's it now maybe we'll bring them out in the future maybe winter time because you know classic kind of bright hook baits winter spring good tactics for that time of year but these are the last batch so if you want some go ahead to our website uh i don't want to see make this sound like an advert or anything but you know if you don't want to miss out then you know don't miss out it's baitbros.co.uk you can get all four tubs for 30 quid which is cheap as chips they're gonna last you for ages um that is it nice and oh go on yeah might as well mention it now next in line because we want to keep trickling things into the market that we think are really unique and have a place in the bait making market and that actually are going to like really make a difference um so we've got flavor range coming out very very soon the flavors are exclusive to us they're actually we put our own slant on them and this is inspired by john baker so those of you who listen to our john baker episode you'll remember that john gets some of his flavors made by flavor houses of course but he when he gets them he then adds certain things and gets them to exactly how he wants them so then no one can copy them so no one can say oh i've got the same strawberry as john baker for example that's not possible because he has his own so we've done the same thing we've had um some of the flavors knocked up for us um by you can't get better flavors um 
I'm playing with one now and I've just tipped it upside down, realized the lid isn't on properly. <laughs> so I've got the, uh, yeah, the butter spice all over my desk right now. Nice. Um, but yeah, so we've, <laughs> we've blended them, um, worked on them a lot. And yeah, I think they're they're going to enhance any mix um, and they will be out very, very soon. Realistically, they're going to be out probably by early June. So if you listen to this after early June, after early June, sorry, chances are they're on the website. Um, so go ahead, check those out. And yeah, that is it. That is it. I think we'll we'll, we'll leave it there because I don't want it to sound like a massive advert for our bait stuff. No, no, nicely rounded up. And I think sort of like the fl- well, I'm going to continue now actually. Like the flavors, for example, like the, the hook baits are to us are quite labor intensive, aren't they? I say us to you. Yeah. Um, so they're going to sort of yep. like they're the kind of thing where like we just do a little batch and once they're gone they're gone but things like the flavours will probably stay on the website and they'll have a little bit more longevity um, so it's, a, it's a lot easier for us to get hold of kind of thing so and it's not just flavours eventually we've got there's a few little ingredients and little bits that we've used over the years that we're going to start putting on there and it's just stuff that you probably can't get anywhere else isn't it little little things that we like to use and yeah, just put it out there it's going to be cool Turn into little yeah, bait def- barons. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. That if you've seen our little bait website, uh, you'll see the little what is it tagline? I think you'd call it underneath the Bait Bros logo. Um, secrets released. I know it sounds a little bit pedantic, but that's what we want it to be. <laughs> we want it to be things that like are a little bit under the radar that you wouldn't really see or hear about elsewhere. Um, might piss off some people. I don't know. But that's what we want to do, you know. So, yeah, that there's a certain powder or two that we really want to bring out to market. My only worry is that it is, like, it is really expensive. Um, but I think, you know, people will pay for it if they know what, what it is and what it's capable of. Yeah, um, and it's the kind of, like, people are using this. We're talking grams to a kilo. It's, like, yeah, mm-hmm. a little goes oh, yeah. a very, very long way. So we're all good there. Exactly. Yeah, people yeah. understand me. Yeah, and that's not DMPT because I know so many people who are like, oh, yeah, D- DMPT. They're on about. It's not DMPT. That DMPT is no secret. Um, it's a good additive, but yeah, it's not a secret. Mm-hmm. And look, to be fair, I, I mean, I'm saying that is anything a secret now? Not much. You know, it's some. You know, it's things get passed around. You know, what I mean, they might not be mainstream knowledge, but um, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that I'm like you know we're pioneering new things that we're excavating from the freaking Himalayas or anything like that. Um, it's just stuff that is definitely not in the mainstream narrative. Um, and it's stuff that you, you, you're hard to find elsewhere. So yeah, keep your eyes peeled. I'm quite excited about that side of things as well. I think that's quite cool. Um, we're not going to be making bugger all money on it, but I think it's just quite a cool thing to do. And uh, the cool bit is now we're starting to get some capture photos come through, aren't we? So that's the really cool yeah. thing because some people have had some pretty special fish. Um, oh, it's just nice. It's just a little bit of a fuzzy feeling that we've sort of created something and they've they've used it and had a result. It's awesome. Yeah, that's from our hook baits. Yes, not, not our ingredients. Yeah, yeah. The ingredients no. aren't out yet. Just just in case we're confusing people. But yeah, no, definitely it is nice to see. Um, yeah, definitely. Anyway, I think we should move on. But first, before we do that, before we jump into these questions, and there are some good ones this time, actually. Um, before we do that, we need to mention our sponsor, of course, our awesome sponsor, 
um, carphuntergiveaways.co.uk. Man, those guys have been actually yeah, just really, really good blokes. Obviously, it's been about six weeks since we popped a podcast out. Um, we explained the situation to them. They're absolutely good as gold. Um, so I just want to kind of not only promote them as, as our sponsor, but just, you know, thank them like on the podcast without getting too soppy. But, um, you know, they're, they're, they're great guys. They're very understanding. Um, and, yeah, really kind of proud to, to be producing these podcasts with the support of them. Um, they're good blokes. And they do good stuff, like their prize draws. <clears throat> if you haven't seen them, go ahead, check them out. It's not cheap crap. It's not really expensive to enter. There's something in there for everyone. It's just a good bit of fun, and you know, people are winning these prizes every day, multiple prizes every single day, um, and it doesn't cost much to enter, so go ahead, check them out. They also give money back to Phoenix Heroes, who help war veterans and their families who suffer with PTSD, which is just another awesome organization, um, and I like to think that having them as our sponsor, obviously we're, we're promoting Carp Hunter giveaways, but we're also, in, this, in a very roundabout way, helping phoenix heroes as well um, which is obviously a lovely thought so that's it from our sponsor go ahead check them out if you haven't done so already carphuntergiveaways.co.uk also check out uh, phoenix heroes because they do some awesome things as well um i believe their website would be phoenixheroes.com or .co.uk i should have been prepared didn't plan on mentioning them to be honest <laughs> no. <Just> off the cuff <laughs> Yeah, gotta love a podcast. Out of uh, out of practice, mate. That's what that's what's going on. That's it. So where where are we going now? You've got some questions, haven't you? Yeah. So obviously, I've got no idea uh, what these questions are because you've not shared these with me. So do you mm. want to sort of rattle them off and put me on the spot a little bit and see what we can come up with? You want to answer them, do you? Well, we can do. Yeah, well, I can't read them what, to you, what? mate. So, someone specifically asked that you didn't answer. <laughs> but... Okay, uh, we'll get to that. Oh, <laughs> anyway, just just about track. Yeah, no, I'm not joking. Uh, found the website. It's phoenixheroes.co.uk. Just want to clear that up if you want to check them out. PTSD veteran support. Um, yes, mate. Questions. Let's get into it. Um, some of them I'm I'm not gonna read out because it's just shit. Um, but some of them are good. No offense if you sent us a question and I don't read it out. That's gonna be offensive now, isn't it? That's too um, Matt Whack Wheeler, your range of pop-ups. We've already done that for you, my man. Hopefully that helps. Um, Matthew Richardson, six hundred hook types and makes for different rigs. I've had a bit of dilemma about this recently. Um, all the best, Matt. Thanks for your question, Matt. Um, hook types, Pete, and brands. What are you using at the minute? I'm using on both rods. So one rod, I'm fishing with a Ronnie rig and a pop-up. Um, and that has got a quarter curve. And then I'm fishing on my bottom bait rig on the other rod. Um, that's a quarter curve as well. I've been using curve shanks, mate. Pretty much all my fishing, actually. Um, yeah, I'm not buying the Kamakuras. I'm sharpening them myself. Um, yeah, nothing, nothing. I just, I'm just confident in the curve shank hook. You get a good hook hold. Don't drop fish on them. 
Um, I think they suit the majority, well, the more majority of rigs that I use. They absolutely suit to a T, and I'm just confident in them. What's your? You've recently on a bit of a bit of advice, I guess, or someone put you on some new hooks, didn't you? So what what are they that you've got then? Yeah, I mean, people who listen intently will know that I've I can't sharpen hooks for shit. I'm just really bad at it. Okay. Um, so I get the Corda Kamakuras, which are just lethally sharp. Only problem is they're not the strongest hooks in the wo in the world, especially not for kind of hit and hold and weed fishing. Um, the lakes I fish are just ram with weeds. So you you need a strong hook. So yeah, I'm always on the lookout for something else. Um, so I tried IB hooks. They have their own hook range and they sharpen them. Um, they've got some nice patterns actually. I couldn't tell you what they call their patterns. <laughs> But um, because I don't have any packets in front of me. But yeah, I mean, generally, most of the time I'm using a stiff rigger styled hook with, with the outturned eye mm -hmm. um, because I'm either fishing a, a chod rig. I, I fish a lot of chods nowadays or hinge stiffs. It used to be a lot of hinge stiffs for me now, but I've got to be honest, these days, a lot of the, the style of fishing I do is a chod rig is the way to go. And that's not just because I'm like pub chucking it out and hoping for the best. It's I like presenting in certain areas where really you need a, a chod rig to do it efficiently. Um, so yeah, a lot of the time I'm fishing with that. If I'm fishing a bottom bait, generally that's hard on you know, hard on the deck. Um, and yeah, that's generally in line with a really heavy lead. Um, that's how I, how I fish that. And, and that would be, the I fish with the wide gapes, the Korda Kamakura wide gapes. I don't like beaked points. I mean, I, I fish gravel pits, so they are good. Stop with the bluntening off of the hook, but actual mechanic-wise, I like a straight point. Um, obviously, I can't do that with the Kamakuras. But those are the two hooks that I would use. Now, I got these IB hooks. I think it's called IB. IB hooks, yeah. IB hooks, pretty sure it is. Um, because, actually, it was Bernie who runs, who co-runs carp hunter giveaways he said oh they're fucking right they're just as good as the quarter ones like just as sharp as the quarter ones they're not um so i bought a load of those um and they're sharp don't get me wrong but i just found them a little bit hit or miss sorry ib hooks i don't mean to to shit talk you um but they were just they were good but just not i don't know they were just they were sharp, don't get me wrong, really sharp. Probably sharp enough for most people because I know not everyone likes them when they're like absolute needle sharp, but I do. Um, but they were just, some of them just weren't quite sharp enough. And I realise it's hard judging them next to the quarter camera curves because they are ridiculously sharp. Um, but yeah, anyway, long story short, I'm still on the lookout for a stronger pattern that is really, really sharp. So if anyone listening, you know, knows just the thing, please let me know. Um, but yeah, long, long winded answer to the question. Um, generally I'm using the, the stiff rigger type hooks. Um, if not, then I like a, 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 like a wide gape styled hook, but with a straight point. I'll tell you the, the pattern that I like is the Nash Fang Twister. I think that's, that's what they're called. Yeah. They're, they're sh like fairly short shank, right? Uh, wide gape, straight point, quite an aggressive eye. That is my kind of hook. If they were sharper, I'd be... Or if I could sharpen hooks, I'd probably be using those. Um, and they're strong as well. They're really, really strong. So that's 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 my ideal pattern, to be honest. Mm. Have you had problems with the quarter ones opening out on you at all? Or is this just sort of 
from you've seen other people's experiences? No, I've had issues. Oh, have yeah, you? Not good. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, last fish I I see they the quarter ones seem odd. Like they also seem like they will like not just open up, they will like snap. Um, I've heard reports of that. But the last fish I caught actually, now it was in a hit and hold snag situation and i really do mean hit and hold um fishing with braid i understand look obviously it's done safely i wouldn't i wouldn't fish for fish at their detriment if that makes sense mm-hmm. um but you know it's it's a kind of a fair bit of pressure on and uh yeah that hook was opened up when i got it in i was like shit i was lucky to get it in to be honest with you right. um so yeah yeah i have problems with those hooks mate they're, they, they're not the best they, they do like a, a wider gauge don't they like a heavier gauge hook as well do they not do the kamakuras in those they've they're sending them out to their testers they are in in they're around but they're not actually for sale yet uh, um and i can't get hold of any but when they do that then yes that's fine but i don't know what is keeping them because they've been in test for fucking mm. ages they crazy sharp hooks they are fantastic to be fair yeah, and this is the problem. I think I'm probably being a bit unfair to the to these hook sharpening companies like IB Hooks. I mean, it's probably impossible to compete with that, and maybe I've got too high expectations. Um, so, what are, what are IB Hooks doing? Are they sort of hand sharpening hooks before they send them out? Yeah, well, they've got. I think they've got like a normal non hand sharpened range of their own hooks mm. that they obviously buy them in bulk or something because they're then not super they're not very expensive pretty much i don't know kind of the normal price for a pack of hooks um and they they sharpen some of them as well so you obviously get them sharpened or, or the standard non-sharpened ones the standard non-sharpened ones are obviously cheaper yeah um so yeah they're their own patterns they're nice strong i mean they're great don't get me wrong um yeah there we go it's probably mate because realistically sort of like hook sharpening like you say you can't do it it's probably something you should just persevere with because it's like once you can do it it's quite useful isn't it and then you can be your yeah. own sort of critic and you you know what hook you're going to be happy with not happy with i don't know surely it's just something that's it's probably worth you just investing a bit of time and practice and just learning a couple of things <clears throat> i just don't enjoy doing it right if I don't enjoy doing something, I just I'm probably not going to get that good at it. Mm. It's just I'm just being honest with myself, really. Um, I'm I don't. It's not natural to me. I don't enjoy it in the slightest, and I just don't. Yeah, I would just rather get a, a freaking hook that's already sharpened and not piss about with all that stuff. As well as that, I mean, you kind of said that you were like you could get them extremely sharp, and you were happy with how you sharpen hooks. No offense, mate. I looked at your hook. They're, they're, they are no way near sharp enough for me. Um, yeah, I just so it makes me think. Well, you know, if 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 it's you've been sharpening hooks for years, and if you can't get them how I want them, yeah, it's gonna fair. be a steep learning curve for me. <laughs> yeah, maybe just to slam you. Sorry, mate. No, that's all right. I think, um, yeah, you know what you like, Sam. Yeah, your hooks are pretty blunt, Pete, to be fair. Yeah, cheers, mate. When have you inspected my hooks? <laughs> Every time I look at your rig in, in, in horror. Yeah. Well, I know you wouldn't oh pick it up and touch yeah. it, so I don't know. Wow. A sticky sharp. You showed me. 
you showed me and we compared mm. them to um do you remember we compared them to Jason Hayward's hand sharpened hooks? Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I won that battle to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Poor Jason. I mean um, <clears throat> Yeah, I mean I don't get me wrong, they're alright. I mean I just I like I'm really sharp. Yeah. They're better than your rigs. <laughs> Cheers, mate. I wouldn't chuck your ribs off of a pier, put it that way. Yeah, you don't, you don't. You're fussy, aren't you? See, I'd fussy, put, like, I just like your rig and my rig like side by side and I'd be like, they're, they're both going to catch fish. Mm. Yours don't, though, do they, mate? No. No, let's not go into that. Hey, mate, <laughs> I've, I've, I've had a record-breaking year this year anyway. You smashed it. Smashed yeah, it. you have. Yeah. Mm. You have. You've done well, mate. I'm only teasing you. Um, um, go, on. Oh, go on. Go on. What are you well, going? No, I was going to say, I think we've we've sort of covered the hook the hook patterns, haven't we? Yeah. Um, so we've got Kieran1352, who said, hook baits and recipes, including amounts. That would be nice, wouldn't it? But we can't give away our recipes, dude. I'm afraid. No, if um, people go through the we... catalogue, I go over the ones my sort of my winter classics. I think they've been. Have you? Yeah, I've done it. But then, if we're sort of looking to release that, maybe with a tweak or something, if in the coming winter, then we probably don't want to go over it too much. Why don't but you if just these guys dig around and? Uh... Well, look. Why don't you just give them the recipe, um, but just don't tell them the little powdered tricks that we do. Okay, so like, well, this is my cold water one, which I use pretty much every winter now for the last maybe i don't know eight years or something um and it's deep Any holes oh i do I, i'll tell you what actually i can't oh my god i have got the biggest rat literally in the front of my body i hate rats um anyway um i've got so it's dt baits um green beast which is a black currant flavor um, which I always used to think was on an EA base, but it's not. And I don't know what base it's on, to be honest. Um, and I use DT Beats, DT Baits uh, Tootie as well. So two mil of each. This is quite a potent sort of cold water hook bait. So two mil of each to one egg. Um, and I'll use, off the top of my head, I haven't got my little book here. I use half a teaspoon uh, of citric acid uh, in there. And I'll use a couple of drops of embuteric in there as well. Um, and that is sort of like a classic winter hook bait for me anyway simple that's simple and effective right mm -hmm. yeah easy peasy yeah and then on top of that you'd you'd perhaps experiment with a different essential oil maybe and and some other bits and bobs right yeah no absolutely i've used eucalyptus oil with it um i've used all sorts of different bits of bobs over the years but i keep sort of reverting back to the original recipe if i'm honest it's um mm. yeah it's a classic for That's me. Definitely, mate. Yeah, definitely. I think we're all guilty, aren't we, of thinking, oh, like, what else can we cram in there to make it better? Sometimes it doesn't make it better, and you're just actually better off with a a basic recipe. Like, do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like that. But, um, yeah, you've definitely caught your fair share of fish on that. So, uh, yeah, give it a go. Hopefully <clears throat> that, that answers your question, Kieran. Um Cool. Next, we've got John Dubu Angling. I know that that username. He messages us a lot, doesn't he? Is it John Wilson? Is it John Wilson? Wilkinson. Wilkinson. 
Yeah. I think John, John Wilson of our base, actually. He's been a long-time listener and sort of supporter of the page. Normally, yeah. yeah. Good chat. Has he bought some, has he? Yeah, yeah, he has. Nice. Um, <laughs> he's asked, I've only just read his question, uh, when's Dean next on brackets, air quotes, whatever you'd call them? Is it commas? I don't know. I'm illiterate. Is it commas where you do the things above the words? Yeah. Like in brackets? That'll, that'll do, mate. Commas? Commas, right. So he's put, when's Dean next on commas giving it all away? And I think he's taking the piss out of me trying to like push him for, for some secrets or something. Yeah. Um, Dean is going to come back on. Uh, he definitely is. He's got some things he wants to talk about, um, rant about maybe. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, he'll be back on for sure. We need to arrange it. Um, as to when it will be, I don't know, before the end of summer, I guess. Um, but he'll be back on. And if anyone's, I mean, Dean's like everyone well, not everyone, but we still get a lot of messages about Dean. Um, and, uh, yeah, people really, really enjoy his episodes. So if you've got anything, any burning questions um, for Dean, just just send them across to us as and when, and we'll try and get them covered on his episode. Um, but, yeah, he'll be back on. John, thanks for your question, mate. Thanks for supporting us, as always. Um, oh, he sent another one. Um, John Dubu again. Best bits from the podcast so far. What you've learnt. Which guests do you want on next? Different question. I like that. Mm. Pete, you go. Mate, that has really put me on the spot. Cause I need time to mull something like that over. Was because, I mean, why? Because mm. we, mate. First of all, the podcast. Quite often we have a few beers, and a lot of the time, like so, for you, for example, you do the vast majority of edits. So. Mm you listen back to them for me a lot of the time i'll do a podcast and i might not listen back to it again or it might take me like a little while before i listen back to it and, I, and when you do listen back to it i've forgotten a lot of the stuff we've spoken about and it's not stuck in my mind i don't know they're very sort of like an off-the-cuff thing um if you 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 go on mate you you sort of because i know that you'll have sort of thought about <laughs> this and you're going to know exactly what you want to say to answer and i'll have a little thing <laughs> i don't Oh, okay. I don't, to be honest. I mean, uh, so the best bits from the podcast so far. I mean, it's got to be the bait bits is right up there for me. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> I would say the best podcast for me was John Baker. Mm -hmm. um, just, just sitting down with, I mean, not with him, but remotely sitting down with John Baker for a couple of hours and just talking about bait for me was i mean i never thought that was going to happen when i when i first started this podcast or when we first started this podcast sorry yeah um so that was that was pretty much a highlight for me um that's pretty much the peak i mean it doesn't get much better than than john baker does it so i'd say that that was um the best bit for me but as well as that i mean i loved having dean on i loved having jason Ryder on Stephen White was was really interesting as well. Bit of a dark horse. I didn't expect it to be that kind of involving, for want of a better phrase. Like that, that was a very good episode. Um, I I also love the Ben Pinager episode, which which might fly under the radar, but I thought he was great. Really, really interesting. Excuse me burping um really really interesting guy really modest and uh yeah once he got going and, and sort of opened up a bit that was great obviously i love sh having sean harrison on 
Um, that was fantastic. I don't know. I, I feel like I'm just listing all the guests here. Yeah. Um, it's it's <laughs> it's too hard to pick it down. Um, and if I've forgotten anyone, you know. So, uh, mate, the fact probably, you've listed probably didn't ones, enjoy it that much. You've helped me in my thought process there. The Stephen yeah. White one was great because actually, it was good. It was brilliant because a lot of the things that he discussed were things like that I've sort of witnessed and seen in my own fishing. But actually, until sitting down and talking with him, it didn't sort of resonate in my head and it sort of just unlocked some things for me with bait. Um, and some and things... He, Go on. He just he just ran the podcast himself. Yeah. Like he, was, <laughs> he was in control of that podcast. I mean, I think I went like an hour and a half or so without saying anything. He's just he was just on a roll, made for podcasting. Absolutely. We was... didn't finish until it was like nearly three AM. I was just like, Oh, my alarm's going off in three hours. <laughs> I think we we'd we'd hung we'd rounded up the call, hadn't we? we the, the recording, sorry, like said goodbye to our listeners. I think he was still going past that, wasn't he? He did, like, mate. Just yeah. to us. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, yeah, no, yeah. We, we weren't recording or anything like that. That would all stop, but he's still pummeling us with the bait knowledge. Yeah. He, you're very, very not for a bait enthusiast, for somebody who, you know, who does it purely for his own fishing. Incredibly knowledgeable guy and applies it. And he's caught some absolutely amazing fish to show the results as well. And he's not, he, he's been carp angling, I think it's about 10 years or something. Mm, not, not that. Not that long, is it? It might be 15, I don't know. But like, yeah. for his wisdom, it's not very long. So that's even more impressive. What's, what does he do for a living again? Oh, I don't know. It's something to do with sort of like, I don't know, biological sciences or something, isn't it? I think, I'm pretty sure. Because he's got a, he's got a very good understanding, hasn't he? Um, I thought you said he was a glass blower. <laughs> wow, where's that come from? Don't know. You thought I said Where that. did it? Yeah. Oh right, yeah, that's news to me. I thought okay. Mm. Mate, he you stumped might, me on that. He, he might well be a glass blower. <laughs> I didn't know that. I think that's afterwards you said he probably had... in there. Hey, <laughs> it is, but um it's a talent that's probably dying out, isn't it? I imagine machines do all the, the glass blowing now. Yeah, I've never considered it. Fair enough. <laughs> Um, what have you learned most, mate, on the podcast? What have you learned, oh. do you think, from the guests? So, rather than your favourite one. God, I don't know. Um, what have I learned? Probably loads. Um, stumped. No- nothing's springing out of me, but that's not... To say I haven't learned, I'm sure I've learned a lot. I don't know, mate. What about you? Is there anything that's, that was, you can think of? I think those sort of educational ones for me, I guess, was with the Sean Harrison ones. Because um, he's just done it for literally a lifetime now, isn't he? Yeah. Um, and everything he said, just little things. like He's just talking about sort of, sort of like fishing in silkweed. And just something like, mm. how he just said, just crimping the barb on the hook. Always go barbless in silkweed because it just gets trapped in the weed. And it's just something like that I would never have thought that, of. And it's yes, so obvious. And it's just mm-hmm. his experience. And people, like, episodes like that, someone like Sean's not really in carp media a great deal anymore, is he? Um, 
actually sort of like it's something like a lot of like the young guys who come into fishing sort of they listen to those podcasts they'd learn shed loads yeah that was interesting and then obviously it makes you think about well like if you've got like a d does that inhibit it as well should you just go for a hair or Mm. should you have a shorter hair and it makes you think but yeah that i agree with you on that that made me think i never thought of that and i can't say i've fished in silkweed that much but it's like that's something i'll definitely use you know i'll Mm. definitely like crimp down the barb if i've got barbless if i've got barbed sorry yeah that was a good one sean's just as well as that you talk to people that fishes like that fish where he fishes i know he does grenville he does some other waters as well speaking to them they're like yeah he's (laughs) he's very well respected he catches fish from everywhere you know he does well um and like you say he's just he's been at it for a long time i think he's you know accumulated many hours on the bank um He's not an armchair carper, that's for sure. He's out, you know, trying different stuff. And I think he's just got a great mind for it. Yeah, fascinating guy. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, so that that's that one, really, isn't it? It's um... Definitely. Oh, I've got to uh, mention Fennel Hudson as well. That was interesting about the wild carp. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I learned a lot in that episode as well. Again, it's, a, it's yeah. an under-the-radar one, isn't it? Because that was actually for, for guys who just are really into carp. And who's you? I say study them for yeah. people who can just stand at a lake and just watch fish all day. That was a fascinating podcast, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Mm. It's not been one of the most sort of like the popular, most downloaded ones, but I think one of the most interesting for sure. I uh, no, it, it it wasn't that popular with the downloads, but yeah, very interesting, and um, yeah, it's just a bit of a different tone to our other podcasts, I guess. Mm. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah, I like that. I like that. I like uh, I like Fennel as well. He, he's a good guy. He's got. I bought his book. He's got quite a few books. Um, he does his journal series, mm-hmm. but he does one on. He's got one on wild carp, which is a book on wild carp. That's definitely worth picking up as well. Um, yeah, very very good. Right, next question is from Esoxian, um, which is our friend from Scotland. And damn it, I've forgotten his name. Oh, I'm sorry, buddy. He's someone that's that's messaged us a bit, um, left us a really insanely nice review. Who is that, Pete? You know the guy. Some yeah, well, again, some of the reviews were just actually quite sort of like heartwarming. They were so good, yeah, so nice. It's crazy. This... Um, I Scottish know who guy. you mean. Yeah, Ian. Oh, yeah. India. So I guess something like that, isn't it? Indiana, big Ian. I think it is. It? Yeah. We'll, we'll just stop now. We're embarrassing ourselves. But yes, anyway, um, he's part bait, of course. If you haven't, if you have implemented any ideas from previous casts in your fishing, similar question to John, actually. Um, have we implemented any ideas? Um, for me, Dean mentioned the um, the uh, the orange oil and 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 oils for life in general and and as a result of that i ordered a lot of oils several times um from oils for life and i've tested lots of different oils i mean i was into essential oils massively before that anyway but yeah i looked into that and then that made me look at some other citrus citrus based oils as well which i've done quite well on um so that was definitely something that that kind of has changed my bait this year um what about you pete uh 
again, I mean, the or the orange oil is a funny one because it's something I'd literally just had researched. I'd spoken to somebody online and they'd used it. Um, and do you know what, actually, I think if sort of like going back through it all, I think actually Dean had put them onto it long before, obviously, like the podcast. And I'd spoken to them and they'd sort of like suggested it to me. So, I mean, the orange essential oil is something I've been sort of interested in for a little while. Um, but, mate, it's become like a cult following. It's remarkable, isn't it? Yeah, Bath have released it. I know, it's, <laughs> it's hilarious. Like, just from our sort of podcast, I can't believe it. But, mate, it's... They, they might have done it anyway, to be fair. They might well have, yeah. But, yeah, coincidental. But you, you, go, go on, like, the, the groups it's mentioned quite a bit, isn't it? These different groups. Yeah, um, yeah. Facebook groups, bait groups and stuff. So, interesting. <laughs> Yeah, and I think, yeah. oil, like you say, Oils for Life have had a lot of carp anglers <laughs> purchasing little <laughs> bottles of essential oils. Yeah, should have been on commission with that one. Yeah. They don't do everything, and some of their oils, I think, uh, like could be better, but on the whole, pretty pretty bloody good, aren't they? And they're very, very well-priced. Um, they're all like batch coded as well, which I like. They're mm. they've got the dates on them. They just they just do it right. Yeah, I really like them actually. So yeah, that was another one courtesy of Dean, good old Dean. I went to see Dean uh, about a month ago. Went up to his bait factory, got some bait from him. Um, it was good to see the setup he's got there. It's as you'd imagine it. <laughs> you know, it's just yeah, very Dean like. And uh, yeah, he's 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 got a good operation going there. Um, got to spy on some of the ingredients that he's using oh cool and um he's definitely putting the good stuff in his baits i can tell you that yeah he's um yeah, yeah. how how have your test well you say your test fish your tank fish your pond fish have you been feeding them on it yeah love it absolutely love it yeah yeah and they do this, is they, a, this they isn't re- just a just a plug for dean because we want him back on the podcast you actually said to me you would <laughs> i think it almost annoyed you like how much they liked it <laughs> like from the off we we wouldn't sugarcoat someone just to get someone on the pod uh, sorry just to get someone on the podcast but uh no it, yeah genuinely yeah they they love it i've been feeding fish near the snags as well um and yeah no it's good he, he's got a good bait i got i know people are gonna message an arse so i'll just tell you now um i got the hxb which has got a high um high amount of refined milks in it and there was a reason why i wanted that um because i think it's just very different from what everyone else is using on that venue so i wanted something with decent amount of protein in but more to the point i wanted a high amount of of refined milk proteins in there um, and that HXB definitely does that. Dean was really good actually, and kind of divulged quite a lot of the recipe to me, which was very decent of him. Obviously, I wouldn't repeat it on here, um, and that was really nice to, for him to do that. And uh, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's doing well. It's a great bait. If you are looking for a bait, I, I would really recommend Dean, especially having. I like to go to people's factories and see what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it's eye opening. I still use Kenny Gates bait as well. I, I need to go and get some more actually. Um, but uh, yeah, both of those guys do really, really top notch bait in my opinion. Um, right, next question is from Sociable Primate. What a great name! Um, would you be in? Oh, uh, sorry, would be interested on how you both start a new water in regards to finding spots. Schla- slash target areas good question don't know if we've covered that before have we don't think so 
No, mate. Sorry. Uh, to be honest with you, my, the signal dropped out there. You're going to have to repeat that. It's going to be a painful edit. Yeah. Social Primate said, would you be, uh, sorry, would be interested on how you both start a new water in regards to finding spots slash target areas? So he, he wants to know, look, when we go into a new water, how do we find out where we're going to fish, um, what areas, what spots, etc.? Um, do you know what, mate? The one thing which I'm really bad at doing, and I really should do, um, my friend Jordan, who I fish with quite a bit, um, he will talk to people and talk to people and talk to people and find out as much information as he can. Whereas I guess... I don't want to say I'm like introvert when I get talking to people you know I can talk all day about fishing um but it's just not sort of like my style I guess but I think it's something I should really really do more is just do a bit of sort of groundwork and get talking to other anglers there's part of me that thinks like it's not like it's cheating but it's part of me that wants to unlock that code I guess myself yeah. and learn it all myself but a little bit of local knowledge goes a long way it really does, especially if you want to do something mm. a little bit different. Maybe you can um, certainly sort of pit yourself against other anglers if you if you know what their approach is and what they're doing. Um, so that would be my number one bit of advice, which I'm learning at the minute, is which I don't do enough of, and it's something I need to do more: is talk to people. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think with a with a lot. It's very rare I, I I visit new waters at the minute, I have to say. Um, I'm sort of fishing the same old waters I've been fishing for a number of years. Uh, so it's not a very inspiring sort of question for me. Um, what about you, mate? Yeah. Leg work in the winter months? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'll, I want to go and grab a beer, so can you keep on talking for a while? That's, <laughs> I was hoping you were going to be... Yeah, okay, mate. I was hoping... I've got a few things. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I've got a few things to con to contribute to this because I have fished a few new waters um, over the last year or two. So, yeah, I reckon uh, I've, I'm good for that. Pete, just, just, just tell him something. I need to go and grab a beer. Okay. Keep him going. Gonna keep, get him, keep him warm for me. Go on. I'm ready. I'm ready. So this water I'm fishing now, for example, this was going to be my, my target water this year. It's not quite panned out as I'd hoped. For various reasons but for the, the winter months um so i don't know a great deal about the water i fished it a little bit last year um it's normally fairly busy it's a kind of water and if you get sort of three anglers four anglers on it that it is busy and you you wouldn't really fancy your chances you don't want to fish it too much so i didn't learn masses about the water um last summer from the few sessions that i did so this year um january time i really spent a bit of time um, on the water, walking, watching, when there was nobody else about, just going around with my marker rod and just sussing out the depths, finding little areas that you'd be confident in fishing um, and just planning it out, really. So like I said a little bit earlier, um, use the winter months to your advantage if you can, because um, that's the time to really sort of have a good lead around and learn the water. Um, and just eyes, just watching, really. You've got to find out where, where the fish are. Um, and if you can spend time there and you can watch and you learn, sort of look for signs of fish, you can learn their patrol routes. You can learn sort of where they're holding up in the daytime. You can sort of like, you can almost sort of start to surmise or theorize 
where they sort of hold up in the daytime and where you think they're going to move out um, whether they're coming out of snags through the daytime or through the evenings through the night with the little patrol routes that sort of thing i can hear you crashing and banging mate are you you returned i i'm back now Boom. saving you i can Oof. i could hear you try to like drawing that out <clears throat> yeah, yeah i'm back i'm back go on yeah no it's all good valid stuff isn't it i mean ultimately it comes like like you've said mate you gotta find the fish right you have to find it i understand why you're asking that question it's a good question it's all valid but and i don't think you would but don't don't i wouldn't take the advice of someone that's like oh always always look at the lilies or always look in the you know it's go and find out where those fish go on that venue right there is no supplementation that's the right word for actually finding where the fish go if you can find out where they go at what time of the day or even what time of the year or different things like that then obviously that is that is all the better but ultimately you know you've got to find those fish um and that's something i think the older i get the the more i the more unhappy i am to cast out if i don't know if i have any doubt that there's a fish there um like it's just that important you have to find those fish if you can't find them then at least if you know that venue well you know where they tend to go you have an idea of where they're going to be given this time of day or the weather conditions etc etc obviously use that as backup but yeah just find the fish ultimately that is number one then of course once you've found them you need to make sure you can present to them so case in point i fish really weedy waters so i can't just be going out chucking a you know pub chucking a short rig on a on a heavy inline just to wherever i want because yeah nine times out of ten if not more i'm not going to be presented so you've got to present to the fish obviously um so when you say about finding your spots sure if it's a weedy venue um you're going to want to find a clear spot most of the time if you want to present the rig but in fact a lot of the time i don't even do that i'll happily the amount of time i just fish a single hook bait on a patrol route in heavy weed you know uh, that's attack that's something i'm very confident i do that a lot you know don't think you need a clear spot and you need to bait it etc to catch fish because you don't um and i think particularly if you're into bait making um you can stack that in your favor like i'm working on a balakan hook bait at the minute which is seeming very promising which we might bring out um and I wouldn't make that into a feed bait. Or if I was making this Balakan feed bait, I'd make it very differently to how I am a single hook bait. Um, so don't think that you're not going to be able to, you know, pull them in and track them is what I'm saying. Um, other than that, I mean, something that I've had to, to, to think about more and more in recent years, now I'm fishing up on the water park and in the Cotswolds and around the Cotswolds, is other anglers, right? And this is like something that's very hard for me um, because I've fished very quiet venues before. Quite often I'll be the only person fishing, sometimes not even supposed to be fishing maybe. Um, so it's very different coming up to say the water park where there might be quite a few other anglers on and you know certain swims seem to always have someone in there and areas get switched up. So now I bring that into consideration. So this spring, you know, coming out of winter into the spring, actually started pre-baiting an area that i thought well when everyone descends 
onto the lake. And bearing in mind we're locked down, we couldn't do nights. I knew that date, I can't remember what date it was now, but I knew the lake would get real busy. I was thinking, uh, the fish are going to push into this area, right? Just from looking at the lake and just, just kind of sussing it all out. So I, I kind of planned ahead and thought, you know, it's going to get busy. The fish are going to push out here. Probably no one's going to fish in this area. Turns out I was wrong, but anyway. Um, so I'll bait this area up, you know? So so I went about baiting that, that place at least three times a week, um, hour and a half, all round drive um and fish that way and i know you could say well you're not finding the fish there are you sam no the other way of doing it is is creating a situation um where the fish are going to frequent there but you can't just pick a random spot on the lake and think i'll start putting a load of bait in there regularly and the fish will turn up it's not like Rome, build it and they'll come. You know, it's got to be an area where they get in or they at least patrol along or move through um, in order for you to create that situation. So, yeah, I feel like I'm waffling, but to round it up, find out where the fish are moving. I think Pete said that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but also think about other anglers. Like, that. you know, it, if you want to get something going on a lake, and that's what I'm all about, I want to get areas going, I want to keep bait going in, then you have to factor in other anglers, right? So like now, and this is sad, and I suppose I'm fishing against the anglers as well as the fish now, but a lot of the times I'm looking at the lake differently. I'm running everything through this filter of like, well, how's that going to be affected by other anglers? So I'm looking for those spots where I don't think anyone would be fishing. You know, I'm, I'm trying to catch the fish and bait for the fish and get them feeding and get them confident in an area where they don't get pressured, you know? So I'm, I'm constantly thinking about that side of things in my angling. So if you're on a lake that gets busy, I would definitely bear that in mind as well. Um, Cause unfortunately we're fishing against other anglers as well these days, aren't we? Yeah, absolutely. Even busy down here, mate, these days. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a sign of the times, I suppose, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, do you know who's just messaged? Go on. Speak of the devil and he will appear. Stephen White Ooh. sent me a photo. Right. Okay. <laughs> Poor Stephen. <laughs> Embarrass him now. Uh, this is out of the blue. Uh, it's, it's sent me a meme. It says, I like men who take risks. There's a pi- picture of a pretty blonde girl. And the guy says, I cast out without a PVA nugget on my hook. <laughs> that is carpy humour right there mate <laughs> banter yeah. by the way that's out in the blue it's, we don't message each other at all <laughs> yeah. um, right hopefully that answers your question social primate um, yeah next one Trev Roper new pop ups um, next one I'm not reading that out um Oh, yes. Uh, actually, I'll come on to that in a minute. Before that, uh, Richard Cheeseman, which, by the way, was the name of my dentist when I grew up. Mr. Cheeseman. Probably not him. Uh, bait application. How and when to bait. How much, etc. Salt application in early spring, pre-spawning, etc. So baiting up and using salt. Um, I'll pass it to Pete, but first off, I'm going to respectfully not talk about the salt thing i know a lot of people are into putting salt in the water um 
I know this is something that John Baker's really passionate about, and I, I think we're going to get John back on. And I think this is something that he wants to talk about. Uh, he feels strongly about it. I'm not saying I totally agree with him, but kind of out of respect, I'll, I'll leave that topic be. Um, bait application, how and when and how much, Pete? You don't bait up much, do you, mate, these days? Um... Do you know what? No, not enough. Not enough. Um, I just struggle for time to find time to get to the lake. It sounds ridiculous, um, but yeah, that's that, that's that's it really. I think at the re recently, I've just I'm fishing for a bite a lot of the time, and I'm quite conscious that I don't want to fish over a lot of bait because a lot of the time I am fishing for a bite. Um, which we've I've been rolling my own bait, so it's actually been a bit of a blessing i guess that i've not been able to make it out to bait up much um because it saved me having to manufacture loads as we all know um but yeah for me uh, at the moment i'm fishing for a bike so i've literally set little traps and i've got a handful not even not even a handful really i'm probably fishing sort of five or six baits around each rod um and that's sort of how i'm approaching it at the minute i'm just here overnight I drop on in the nights I want to go. I, I've got a good idea of where the fish patrol and I'm just setting little traps and hopefully um, to try and catch one. Um, on, on the salt topic, mate, I mean, I think the, the easiest thing to do is it's, it's quite popular, isn't there? There's a lot of information on it out there. Um, a lot of people do it and a lot of people probably would say they have sort of like good results from doing it. But there is like an, an ethics thing, isn't there, regarding the, the amount of people put in the water, which is, I'm assuming, why you don't want to sort of bring light to it on the podcast because you don't want to encourage it, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's... Um, yeah, it is what it is. As far as um, baiting up goes, <clears throat> I mean, you said that you don't do enough of it. So I'm guessing, you know, by default, you it's something that you feel that you should be doing. Yeah, well, if, yeah, for sure. I mean, we've spoken about it lots of times on the podcast, but if, if you can bait up regularly, you're doing yourself all kinds of favours, aren't you? Yeah, 100%. Um, one of the 100%. big problems I have is I'll, I'll bait up sort of like one or two swims and then there is no worse feeling when you get to the lake and the spots that you've been baiting, there's an angler just sat there. No worse feeling. <laughs> I've, been, I've been getting mate. that a lot recently. You have, yeah. Ooh. This this year, mate. I was been. It's a funny, funny little water where I'm fishing, but I mean, people put in a lot of time and effort here, an awful lot. Um, and I just start to get a bit cagey when I'm baiting up the same sort of areas as other people, and yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, <clears throat> you're saying about just fishing for one bite at a time. I'm the same. Like, I don't fish for hits of fish or anything like that. I mean, just doesn't happen. But um, you're fishing over five or six baits. Is that what you said? That is a tiny amount. Mm -hmm. That's a very small amount. Yeah. That's like back in the old days, we'd, we'd use that amount. Yeah. And to be honest with you, I've sort of reverted back to it. I really have. Um, Mate, I'm here for 
maximum. I mean, my rods are in the water today, like on this trip for probably nine hours. Mm -hmm. I, think, I think the fish see an awful lot of bait here. I think they ignore it. I know they ignore it. Um, for, they can ignore it for, for days and weeks. You see baits going rotten where they've been ignored. You see baits floating up where they've been ignored. And I'm just doing my own sort of little thing and I'm just setting little traps and being a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's interesting. I mean, I think we used to fish like that a lot, didn't we? Sort of seven seven baits over your hook bait kind of thing. Mm. Um, yeah. I mean, these these are pressured fish, and they see a shitload of bait. Have you got um, nuisance species in there? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, but... Yeah, I do. Are you fishing with big baits? Double baits? What are you, what are you doing with that? Well, I said for well, I've got a pop up on one rod today, and I've got I'm fishing tiger nut as a hook bait on the other rod, because um, that allevi alleviates the uh, the nuisance species issue. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, my bait they're, they're pretty soluble. I know that they they break down quite quickly as well, um, but that doesn't sort of concern me because I just think as they leave enough attraction in the water for the period of time that I'm here. Yeah, I, I, don't know. I don't know. I've got a feeling now, sort of like, whatever I say, you're going to be like, but what about this? <laughs> what about this? You've not thought about this. Well, I don't know why you, oh, don't know why you think that, mate. No, I was just interested. Um, interested in your thoughts about it. That's all. It's, I'm not saying it. I'm not poo-pooing it in the slightest. I mean, mm. definitely. See, I mean, I said earlier, I, I fish with singles a lot of the time. You know, I'm not, I'm not giving mm. it the big one about, You've got to fish over a load of bait like a macho thing. Definitely don't. Um, in fact, winter, my, my my favorite thing is just like boily crumb, tiny little PVA bag, one boily in it, um, some liquids and a hook bait, and that's it. So no, definitely, I, you don't need a load of bait. Um, so no, everything's got a time and a place, isn't it? And it's it's knowing how to do that. Like, I mean, I don't fish over loads of bait usually. Um, sometimes I'll fish over a lot of bait if I think it's right like I'm happy to stove it in if I think it's the right thing to do or I'm happy to fish singles you know just I suppose it's just getting a feel for it isn't it and obviously we get it wrong you know get it wrong I get it wrong certainly um, and that's just part of angling isn't it um, you're talking about going back to what you used to do and you know in, in as much as like five baits I'll tell you what I've been doing a lot recently on my stalking is just scretting pellets in the edge couple of handfuls <laughs> different spots walk up just like like you used to do yeah just literally just scretting pellet um nice simple it's not that cheap now is it i was going to say cost effective but scretting you're looking at a good 35 38 quid a sack um but yeah going back to the scretting fishing the old pellet i quite like it yeah, I mean you're you're sort of blessed with crystal clear water as well, um, and the fish have been loving it, haven't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I must say though, I've been feeding Dean's um, bait as well in the edge and just watching them in the snags and or just out of the snags. Um, and yeah, yeah, definitely, they've been definitely been down on the bait, 
which is nice to see. But yeah, just good old good old scratch. And I think you know sometimes we can get so caught up in different baits and things like that. And really, something like a good quality pellet is pretty hard to beat. Have you all singing, all dancing, boily if you want, but obviously it's not breaking down as quick as a pellet. Mm-hmm. It's not getting those feed signals out, and you know a good quality pellet. There's different ones. I mean, I wouldn't bother with these these coarse ones, these weak pellets, I call them. Um, but I mean, they've got a lot, you know, a lot of amino acids, a lot of nucleotides, a lot of organic acids in there, um, and they break down quick. They pump out well. Carp really like them. Um, and yeah, just keep it simple sometimes. Um, as I said, I'm developing this Balakan hook bait as well, which I'm kind of using in conjunction with the pellet as well. Just even though they're very different, you know, Balakan and different ingredients I'm putting in different from the pellet, but in my mind, at least it complements well, um, with what's going on there. And, uh, yeah, do you know what as well? Something I'm going back to to trying to do is just have a little bit more fun when I go fishing. I know that sounds odd. Of course, we all go for pleasure, don't we? But just kind of, I don't know. Don't know how to sum it up. Just taking it a little bit less seriously, I guess. Um, and just just going out and having fun and just enjoying being out as well. I think both me and you, Pete, our work has has like got dramatically busier, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just really appreciating the few hours fishing that I get, just being out in nature, away from all of your responsibilities and the the long list of things that you always have to do that never seems to go down and just getting out, having fun, messing about with different bits and bobs and bait and stuff. Yeah, I've been really enjoying it. Really enjoying it. Yeah, you see, for me recently as well, like I guess I can sort of mention on the podcast, um, a friend of mine's found found an abandoned lake um, in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by woodland, um, and it's pretty deep. And it's just—I mean, this place has been untouched for a long, long time. Um, and went down with it the other night and checked it out. Uh, some of the fish in there, mate, are just absolutely stunning. Uh, they're not very big fish. Sort of like upper doubles was maybe the big, the biggest I saw, and that would have been the biggest by. Sort of like a substantial amount, just sort of low double fish, uh, a few singles, but they're jet black. Um, lots of commons, a few little mirrors in there, but it's something that's got me really excited. Just it's the unknown, isn't it? Um, mm. It looks pretty deep, choked full of weed. Quite a good head of fish, to be honest. Um, and yeah, and they're just not fished for. Uh, and that is really, really just sort of like got me enthusiastic again. It's that sort of like that little sort of like the unknown, the excitement that there's no there's no fish in there like named fish. Um, it's just yeah, sort of doing it for me at the minute. So I'm really looking forward to spending a few days down there. Um, although I've got to say, mate, it got like a bit weird. Um, it's sort of like I guess it's like an old quarry. Um, and it's really, really like mature woodland all around it. And there's a bit of a cliff. This, this sides are sheer and it's quite high. There's only sort of like one, one or two areas you could maybe fish from. Um, and we sort of like climbed up this like, it's like a thick sort of wooded side and you get to the top and it's just like a, just at the moment it's all covered in bluebells. It's beautiful and you can see over the whole lake. Um, and then we're sort of like, there's like a little fire pit there where someone's been having a fire. Sort of a bit like, oh, right, 
like someone's visiting here and it's this is on top of like a cliff top um and there's like some weird sort of like cooking pots and stuff mate like they're not something like you'd find in a kitchen these are sort of like rusty old things which have been sort of like stored away and you sort of turn around to it mate and there's like a big fucking dead like goat's head and there's loads of there's like three or four different skulls um so that sort of like, it was like a, like a like a baphomet sort of thing it was weird um and we sort of like went back down the hill and we were just sort of like feeling my mate had put in some floaters we were watching them sort of like drift across the top and the fish were coming up and sort of taking them on the end of the wind um we were just having a good watch and then we felt like it's all sort of like we had like a car door shut or something which wasn't possible um, we sort of like turned around and went back and then there was just two dead rabbits on the path like someone had just shot them and left them there for us it was the most weird bizarre thing um well the rabbits were did you walk past the rabbits on the way there sort def of thing? definitely not well the, the so you walked in on one path there was no rabbits when you walked out there was two dead rabbits yeah and like we'd walked mm. the path like numerous times to go from like one little area you could fish from to the other little area and the cars sort of like not far from there if that makes sense um and yeah there was just big but the thing is as well they're like tiny rabbits <laughs> like the smallest rabbits you've ever seen um and it was like there's not been being sat there for long like someone had just put them there we'd also like looking up in the trees like looking for buzzards or something if a buzzard had like dropped it most bizarre thing weird with the rabbits next to each other or yes like spread apart no completely next to one another uh. very weird mm. i know spooky mate you might have a ghost story for us when you do your first night yeah no i'm not doing a i'm not I'm, i wouldn't do a nightmare <laughs> on my own mate christ i'm already freaked out yeah He's such a pussy. But the fishing side of things, it's exciting. But it, I think there's, there might be someone living there, mate. There's like derelict buildings. It's a little bit Blair Witchy. Um, yeah. I'd 100% do a night there, mate. Mm. I'll invite you I'm down, mate. I'm waiting for my invite. Told Gladly. I'll do a night with you. Yeah. No worries. But yeah. How, how are we doing on the questions, mate? Did we, did we expire them? We got a few more. <clears throat> I think we've got some more. Um, Dan Tibbet, or Tybot, sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong. Um, Dan's big on his pronunciation. He's saying, uh, basically he's saying, we need to start saying put or put instead of put or put. So I clearly think this is me that does this. Let me get his messages up. Do you know what I'm on about, Pete, or not? No idea, mate. <clears throat> so we pronounce put incorrectly. I think that's what he's saying. Um, he says, one of you two always says putt when talking, making up baits instead of put. Um, there's a difference there, apparently. I got I got nothing to say. <laughs> I don't know. I think he, it's you. He is confused. You say, I think you, you say putts, don't you? Yeah, it's not putt then, is it? Is it put? I think it's put. Yeah, you're playing golf, mate. Oh. I'm putting. I'm putting. Yeah, well, that's... Yeah, sorry. That's me. Yeah, yeah, it's obviously me, isn't it? Maybe. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, put, putt, putt, put. Put just sounds very... I don't know. It's a bit 
Taken on board, Dave. We took it on board, didn't we? Taking it on board. Yeah, thanks for that, Dan. Um, Right. Next question is... Oh, no, Dan's got one, actually. So the guy that's that's just, you know, been taking the piss out of how I talk, he's got a question, and it is, here's one for you, sourcing liquid squid liver. It's impossible now for some reason. Um, yeah, it is. Um, British Aquafeeds have just brought out a, um, a squid. I think it's a hydrolysate. It is, yeah. It's not squid uh, liver, though. No, it's not squid liver. I think um, he's on about the powdered squid liver, mm. if you remember that, um, which there's been a lot of... I mean, if he's on about the Nash one, I think that was actually a type of cheese powder, wasn't it, rather than squid. It had fuck all to do with squid. You see, I didn't know that. Did you it's not? It's not something I ever used. Hmm. Yeah, um... There is a type of squid powder which I've got, and who knows? Maybe we'll we'll release that. So I probably won't say mm. too much on it. Um, but <clears throat> yeah, I, I think he's on about the powder. Um, yeah, you get, you had the squid adarome as well, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Um, which is which is no longer available. So yeah, um, there is a powder. That, that, that is available you have to import it it's fucking expensive but we might release it soon so mm-hmm. there, there we go probably that's probably as much as i'll say on that that's it. um i'll tell you what mate. you ain't go on sorry you ain't gonna be buying it you ain't gonna be buying it unless you've got a lot of money and you're happy to buy it in a large amount so i don't think we're doing a disservice by not mentioning it to be honest um but no the squid liver powder which is what he's specifically asked about i don't know where you can get that i don't think you can get it anymore mm. what were you gonna say mate you mentioned cheese powder didn't you um mm. and i'll tell you what i'll put this out to the listeners if anybody's got any suggestions of a of an interesting cheese powder or a good cheese powder supplier um drop us a message because it's something i've been interested in recently um and i'm just interested in knowing what's out there really You've mentioned one, I think haven't you, Dave, Sam? Yeah, Dave Mallon's is supposed to be good. Yeah, I need to, need to check it out. I need to check it out. I had a blue cheese powder years ago that was potent, really potent, and I can't remember where it was from. It wasn't. I remember you used to use like the Richworth paste powders, weren't they? It wasn't that, was it? No, not that. No, yeah, I remember those. Ri- those Richworth paste powders were awesome. For those of you who don't remember, there was these little pots, white pots, um, and there was like powdered powder stuff, and you mixed it just with water, and you made a paste. Mm. Yeah, Richworth had a cheese one. I used to rate that, didn't I? I used to like that. Yeah. Um, good yeah. stalking bait. I still like pastes. I still like using pastes. And they're underused, underrated. That's it. I used to use the CC Moore blue cheese powder. Um, going back quite a few years now and I've got, I've just recently picked some up and it just it doesn't seem as potent as I remember anyway I remember it used to be really really strong um, sort of when you you know when you inhale it sort of quite quite deep it would sort of really hit the back of your nose um, yeah I don't sort of get that anymore I don't know if I've just sort of got a, 
a faded memory now or I don't know, I don't know. It's, it's, it's not I mean, something it, you come across a lot now, is it? No, it's out of favour, isn't it? To be honest, mm. cheese, cheese, cheese. It's a great. It, it's a good. It's a good additive if you can get a good cheese powder. Um, yeah, it can definitely be a good thing. I mean, yeah, we need to, perhaps that's perhaps that should be a goal of ours, mate. This year, let's get our hands on some proper cheese powder. Mm. Um, it will be available because I mean, it 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 was always from the food industry anyway. Yeah. Um, it's not like it was an angling thing. So <clears throat> perhaps we should hunt hunt it out. Um, yeah, but if anyone knows uh, good cheese powder, yeah, let us know. Help us out. Um, anyway, hopefully that covers that question. Um, next, we've got Jack Harkness. Hello, Sam and Pete. I've got a couple of questions for you to maybe answer on the podcast. First one is I get one night a week. I've fished my favorite boilie for the past few weeks and not had a sniff on it. The only bait I've had a take on and lost one was one of your toucan pop-ups. Now here, there's another local bait firm whose bait has caught the biggest fish. It's not as good as ours. I'll tell you that now. Um, I'm just joking. Um, Another local bait firm has caught the biggest fish in the lake twice in the space of a month. Do I follow the trend and switch to that, or do I go the other route, and I was thinking of buying some base mix off John Baker and rolling my own boilies? We'll come on to the second question after. Let's answer that one first. Um, It's a tough question to answer you're basically saying do i go with the bait that the lake is seeing lots of and it's catching the fish and all that good stuff or do i buck the trend and do i go in the opposite direction um similar to me actually i mentioned this earlier about why i wanted to use dean's hxb bait which is his high um milk protein bait i wanted to do that because i wanted to be different from everyone else but that is me that's how i like to fish both routes can do well and this is gonna not gonna be the answer you want so i apologize but i mean on one hand look if there's loads of a certain bait going in and it's catching the fish and the fish are seeing a lot of it that bait is gonna work it's just simple fact it's gonna work the fish recognize it they're gonna be readily eating it um if they've been seeing it for long enough it's almost they're gonna be treating it like a natural food source right although they know they'll get caught in it but you know it's something that's not foreign to them. They're on it. They obviously like it. You know, you can make a good case for why, I mean, why the hell wouldn't you use that bait? On the flip side, if you want to catch the fish, I mean, if there's some fish that don't really come out, they don't they don't get caught very often, you know, maybe you want to look at changing bait. And again, just to go back to Stephen White episode, he made some really interesting points about male fish, etc., um, and their preference or potential preference. So maybe go down that route. I would say it depends on the venue. Um, what's going to work best? No, you, there's no way of knowing, is there? You've got to trial it. Um, generally, for me, if I had to choose, I, I always go against the grain. You know, I fish the water park. Loads of people use bait works. I'm sure it's a great bait. Um, I can get it for seven quid a kilo, which is a decent price, right? I'm local um, but I don't use it because I want to be very different so that's me that's my personal preference that being said there's some very good anglers that I know what 
whatever water they'll target, they will just get on the going bait, just add to it, keep going in, and that's good angling, you know, because they're just jumping on something that works. Um, it's each to their own. Me, personally, I like to go against the grain. I like to find that thing that's that's just different. And I don't even know if it's that I think it's more effective. I think it's more that I just get more pleasure that way, maybe. It's um, on your terms, what's isn't your it? Te- yeah, maybe. What's your take on that, Pete? Um, like Similar to you, I don't necessarily like to go against the grain. But like I said there, it's on your terms. Part of it for me and the enjoyment of doing it is I want to sort of catch up on my terms and doing sort of like for the moment I'm on my bait. And I want to sort of like catch up on my bait. My advice to, I've forgotten his name, would probably be, if I was to give someone else the advice, though, would probably be just to, to go on the going bait. Especially if that fish which you want has got a history of coming out on it. If that's your target and you want that fish, then... I think if you get on a going bait, you're just you're just helping yourself. It's um yeah, it's a piece of the puzzle already there for you. You can just focus on targeting it. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, there's no harm in doing both. Like you can fish with more than one bait, can't you? Mm-hmm. Um you can mix them up fifty fifty or whatever kind of percentage you want to do. You can mix one bait, one area, one the other, or you can mix them together. You can do whatever you want, can't you? There's no rules. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, hard question to answer. I think it probably sounds like, Pete, you'd air towards getting on the going bait, and I'd probably air towards getting something different going in. Yeah, yeah. But I would say that... as well, if you, mm. I don't know if he's new to rolling baits, but he's talked about sort of buying some of John Baker's bass mix and, and doing his own. Do that anyway, because it's a whole, you just, you learn a lot, don't you? You learn a lot about bait and just doing your own little thing and doing your own tweaks and you'll mm. probably have a little bit of fun doing that and if you catch one on that bait it's going to mean a hell of a lot more to you than just jumping on the going bait i know that much mm-hmm. yeah yeah definitely and if and it's probably worth saying if you're gonna do if you're gonna go down the route of doing something different right you know if everyone's catching and putting in sticky baits krill you know don't think i'm going to be different i'm going to get abs hydra krill what's uh jo- what's jeff bowers version of it do you know what i mean you're like don't don't just part like a different branding but that's very that's ultimately a similar thing you know if they're all coming out on a red fish mill don't just go and get bait works atlantic heat because guess what it's a red fish mill you know it's a spicy fish mill that they're going to be they're not the same obviously and of course the fish will be able to tell the difference but i would go totally opposite so this my current lake that i'm fishing at the minute i'm changing i've got a ticket on somewhere in oxfordshire that i'm coming on to but the moment where i'm fishing like everyone is fishing with fish meals um spicy fish meals um crustacean type fish meals so i'm just going the different the total opposite no one there's a few nut baits going in little bits and pieces but no one's really fishing with a bait that's high in milk proteins um certainly not this high nowhere near it so you know i guess i'm saying if you're gonna think i'm gonna go the opposite route make sure it genuinely is opposite and the bait that you're using is totally different to the other stuff that's going in that's all i'd say yeah, sort of. And it was the second part to the question. Yeah, there was. Yeah, um, 
The second question is more aimed at Sam because I imagine Posh Pete has his swim, his swim pre-raked by his butler. <laughs> is there a is there a decent way of getting your line through a weed bed, as in I'm fishing to the back of it? Though, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. thanks, guys. And this is from Jack Harkness. So basically, he's he's fishing the opposite side of the weed bed. He's got obviously his line trailing through the weed bed. He's like. He wants to know, uh, blah, 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 blah. is there a decent way of getting your line through a weed bed? Well, f- you don't want to get it through there, dude, because if you can somehow bed that line in there, guess what? Your your indication's going to be absolutely shit. So you want that line laying on top of that weed. So it's a tricky one. I mean, it's almost, you know, a, a more of a neutral buoyancy line, or you wouldn't say a floating line per se. None of them really float, do they? Mm. Um, but like, a, you know, like a real heavy sinking monos, it's gonna, it's not gonna fully bed in. It's probably gonna lay over it nicely. I use braid in weed because I just think it's superior for many reasons. Um, I use a sinking braid. I mean, if I was energetic to do it if in that scenario i'd want a non-sinking braid um so it lies over the top like you don't want to be burying your line within the weed for as i said your indication's going to be shit and guess what you're just probably going to pull fish into the weed it's just you don't want that you want your line out of the weed now i'm presuming that you're worried that it's going to be very obvious to the fish it's it's just something you've got to get over mate it's something you really need to get over um as i said i use braid i don't think i mean look there's loads of like there's there's weed everywhere a lot of it's canadian in these lakes that i'm fishing i just mark a pen up the braid so it's not like a solid line because i use the gardener i don't know what it's called it's the gardener sinking braid once that's weathered a little bit it's bright like it sticks out like a sore thumb in the water um, and it's just this like long beam towards uh, where I'm fishing. So I just get a marker pen. I get a brown pen and a, a green pen. And I go along and marker it up just to break up that line. Right. And, and I think that does wonders. I've seen fish move over the weed bed over my line. And I'm sure they're not spooking off of it. And I'm sure they would do if it wasn't marker penned up. So that's something that I would definitely look at doing. I think, personally, if you're fishing in weed, you should be fishing with braid anyway. Um, so get get yourself some braid, and then, yeah, use a marker pen, disguise it that way, and just, just kind of get over it. But, uh, yeah, don't try and settle your line into the weed. Um, you want it on top of the weed, for sure. Do you know what, mate? Um, I know, I could be talking well out of time, because I've just had this on for a bit of background listening. There was a Thinking Tackle podcast and they did sort of like a rig one. Um, and it was, I don't know, Danny Fairbrass was there and I've forgotten who the other guests were. Um, I think there were sort of three or four of them and they're all discussing different ways they were fishing. And I'm certain that Danny Fairbrass was talking, saying that I think he, when he was fishing welly and he was fishing sort of straight into the weed, fishing chods. Um, and this, I guess, is a complete contradiction to what you said. He used to fish these like rod tips in the water, like butts in the air, rod tips in the water. And he'd stick a chod out and wind right down, like bowstring tight, and pull the weed, pull the lines, pull it as far down into the weed as possible. So it pulled it and compressed it all. 
and he would leave it for however long and then he would just slacken off completely like take the bear alarm off and then just let everything slacken out just interesting different take on it um, this is why Danny Fairbrass doesn't catch as much as me ah <laughs> next next question no I think that's I, I I I mean with all respect to Danny Fairbrass I'm only teasing obviously I'm joking um but no I, I wouldn't do that at all I I think that's a stupid idea mm. he pulls it down tight to, mm, nah. this is what's well, worrying loosens me. off when I've said this I could have I just was just mm. background listening but it sort of stuck out to me for those reasons as well I was thinking like that's a bit sort of different but I mean, as he loosens off, that weed is not staying compressed. It depends. Look, we we say weed like it's this one thing. It depends what type of weed it is, doesn't it? Mm. Um, but I can't think of a weed that would stay compressed after you've fully loosened off. Yeah. Um, I'll just go back and listen to it. I could, I could have got it in a completely wrong context, mate. Yeah, um, probably. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. <laughs> My swims are pre-raked, mate, so I, I don't have this problem. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right, moving on. Next question uh, is from Weathertight Roofing. Again, I think long-term listener. Um, I'd like to listen to more regarding base mix formulation. What role certain ingredients play, protein, carbs, vits, binders, attractors, etc.? Maybe give the listeners a forum mix. Was it BM2? Which is, he's going, he's talking about the old cart forum. Mm. I'm loving the podcast, by the way. I remember I replied to him, and I think this deserves its own episode. Yeah. So I think we've had this question quite a few times. I say quite a few, you know, probably 15 or 20. Um, we'll have to do an episode where. I don't know whether we just do it, me or you, Pete, or whether we get someone else on, mm. but we'll come up with a recipe and we'll try and highlight and, and help people navigate through it all because I understand. I mean, we started rolling bait a long time ago, but if you think back, it is quite daunting, isn't it? It's like, well, I want this and that in, but what are they going to do in the bait? You know, you could have a list of things you want in. Doesn't mean it's going to roll. Doesn't mean it's going to hold together. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean it's going to, you know be soluble at the right level and blah, 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 blah. So yeah, we'll have to dedicate a whole episode to that one because that is a large question to answer. Um, but we'll get that done, right? Yeah, That'll I be a good so. episode. That was one of the things mm. as well. I mean, when we had John on, we just, I mean, time went so quick, didn't it? But it'd be great to get his thoughts again on his base mixes and how to formulate mixes. He touched on it, didn't he, at the end of the episode. Uh, John. Baker. Oh, John Baker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I associate John Baker with flavours. Mm. But yeah, I mean, yeah, of course. Yeah, John would, would have some good things to say. I just want to get John back on because I think there's so much more we need to talk, like we could talk about. Um, not to mention his own angling, by the way, because he has been fishing for a long time and obviously, you know, he he's fished on some very historic waters. So just forget bait just his account of his angling life would just that's a couple of episodes at least just on its own um so yeah i'd love to get john back on um i'm sure we'll, we'll make it happen soon um right next question just moving on uh rich hi lads i have a couple of questions for the podcast i'm really interested in getting into pastes with a lot of my fishing short sessions stalking at close range in gin clear water uh, seeing fish do me many times, I'm thinking pace could be a way to tempt them. First off, if they're doing you, I'm guessing you're meaning that they're sucking in your rig and blowing it out. I would look at your rigs if that keeps happening. Although that being said, yeah, look, 
watching fish in the edge you'll realize how often you get picked up and spat out um but yeah maybe look at your rigs there mm. uh please could you give a basic recipe or base to make as a paste i know glamour possibilities are endless uh, i think that's a autocorrect thing um but an idea of how to get the attraction level right would be so helpful he's got a second question i'll answer that as far as getting the attractor level right, basically for pace, use things that you can't overdo, right? So don't go adding in um, sort of synthetic powdered additives or anything like that or flavors or anything, liquid flavors, because of course you can overdo it. Instead, rely on good solid ingredients, pre-digested fish meal, CPSP90 is something that I put in pretty much all my paste. It's very soluble. It's very attractive to fish. That is a good one. Um, you can just mix that up with something like semolina um, and that will go into a paste, you know, uh, and add some other bits in. Um, so, yeah, as far as not overdoing it, just use natural ingredients um, and you're going to be good to go on that one. Pete, you, you've not done that much with paste, I don't think, have you? Or have you? No, not apart from sort of doing a paste wrap around a boilie, that sort of thing. Um, but no, I've not what done do a great deal. That? Mate, I'll always just... I always keep some um, some of my base mix left over, some of the paste yeah. uh, was left over from the rolling. I just keep to one side, keep it wrapped up in the fridge, chuck a little bit in the freezer, that sort of thing. Interesting, he was talking about being sort of done and he thinks the paste um, might sort of help him from, from that side of things. Mm. Straight away that got me thinking, I've not done a lot of stalking with paste and things. I know you have. Do fish feed differently? when you're using a paste like the- yeah i think yeah fish feed differently on different things right mm-hmm. and i mean something i know i said that we maybe need to look at your rigs that being said if you're giving something a fit if you're giving something to the fish that they really want excuse me i'm burping again of course they're going to suck it in with with potentially more gusto and more enthusiasm so yeah that comes into it if there's something that you're fishing with and they're kind of interested in it, you can watch them. You can tell they're going to suck it in with, you know, and be a bit half-assed about it. Obviously, if they're in that mode, the rig isn't going to work as efficiently, you know, because it's not flying up as quick. Therefore, it's going to come out easier and quicker when they realize something's wrong. Um, so, yeah, I think fish will definitely feed to different enthusiasm levels for want of a better phrase depending on what you're giving um pastes are funny right i find some of the best pastes i've made uh, i think they're probably best fish single like you start feeding little bits and they'll feed it but it'll tail off it's almost like it's too i mean this is put in human terms on it but it's almost like it's too rich it's too much once the better few balls of it um and they they've had enough very quickly if that makes sense mm-hmm. um compared to something like a a, a boy a good boilie or a pellet where or, or even or especially particle it seems like they can eat a lot more of it maybe not as enthusiastically but they can eat a lot more and not get sick of it so quickly if that makes sense yeah. um but generally how i fish paste is i'll fit i'll flick out a few bits and and have my my paste bait as as one of them um and i use those those coils that you you can tie to your hair um that's the way i fish paste oh i mean that means uh, again i happily fish paste as a single like it's a very high it's a highly attractive 
um, bait. A little tip for you, I would use some uh, wheat germ in the paste mix as well because wheat germ will float off. So as your paste is dissolving and breaking down and all the attractors, they're soluble, they're leaking out, which is very attractive to the fish because it's dispersed in the water, you want <clears throat> you want it to travel up through the water column. You want it to go upwards, don't you? Because the fish aren't going to be coming from below because obviously that's, that's the bottom of the lake. Um... So something that's that's that floats like wheat germ is just going to carry the soluble bits up. Wheat germ isn't soluble, um, but it will carry those goodies up. So yeah, that's a little tip that I would I would say definitely do. Um, nice, nice. Are you do you always sort of like you prepare your powder sort of form at home and then do you mix it up sort of on the bank? No, yeah, I've got a um, so I've got a like a clip lock lids you know these like plastic tubs yeah just with 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 a paste mix in there um and look i'm not precious about it like i've just had a delivery of um a, a certain type like some balacan powder i'll sprinkle a little bit of that in and, and you know see what difference that makes you know it's you can you can be a little bit more fancy free with a paste as long as it holds and disperses of course but you can be a little bit more fancy free with it compared to like a boilie which obviously has to hold together ideally you're going to want it to go out in a stick stick uh, like a throwing stick unless you've got savage bird life you know all these different kind of parameters you have whereas with paste that's just going on a paste coil or you're just flicking in the edge you don't really have those parameters to work to um you know so, so you can be a bit more free with it um but you want it very soluble um, as I said, pre-digested fish meal is a good one. Obviously, there's the other classic soluble ingredients that are very attractive to fish. You know, a bit of bird food, a bit of semolina maybe if even. Um, you're good to go, and then you can add bits and build it on from there. Um, but yes, mate, to answer your question, I have, like, I just make the powder up beforehand, and crikey, that pot of powder, which I'm looking across at now, I probably made that up well, probably a year ago. Ooh getting on for a year ago yeah probably needs to freshen up a little bit to be honest but yeah yeah just make it up and then you know just dip into it as and when you need it scoop it out putting it in another little pot just put the right just add little bits of water in until you've got the right amount add your liquids in i use hydros um and then you're good to go cool and was there a two-parter to this question as well there was a second part to it, yeah. Um, second question is about essential oils. I've purchased from some from Oils for Life uh, after listening to the Dean Towie episodes brackets twice. I'm a total new bait maker. Would love to catch on a bait I've made myself. I'm just not sure how much essential oil to put into a, say, a one-egg hook bait mix. I know this is a bit cheeky as you guys have spent years learning what's the best just a small point in the right direction would be most helpful keep up the great work amazing podcast blah blah blah, blah, blah. thanks very much rich really appreciate that um essential oil levels pete go for it mate i'm gonna go for a piss wow well every single essential oil um has a different inclusion level i think initially you've got to go with um if, if you're testing and you're making hook baits you've got to go with um with your nose i think that'd be a good starting point um so for example i've got a garlic essential oil at the moment where one drop to one egg is too potent um so it really comes through too strong and it masks everything else uh, within the bait so 
I guess every essential oil is completely different. For example, the orange essential oil uh, we've been using um, on Dean's recommendations, uh, I've been using up to eight drops per egg. Um, and I guess with, with different flavor levels, uh, you want to use it as a label and you want it to come through. Um, you're right, mate. Eight drops an egg. That's that's yeah, but significant. I've been, I've been using is that, that with um, with Scopex. Um, is that in a feed bait though, or a hook bait? Hook bait. Yeah, exactly. So you need we need to point that out, don't we? Yeah, I think I did. I, I don't know if I did or not, to be honest. But yeah, um, and I was saying that like that the garlic essential oil I've got at one drop per egg is just too much. Um, so your nose is kind of the indicator to go for initially. Um, and from there, dependent on catch results and you play with different levels, you can sort of tweak it to, to your requirements. But it's, as with everything with bait making, it's trial and error. There's no, there's no easy way. It's time on the bank, time making bait. That That's your, your sort of, uh, what you've got to go through. Yeah. As well as that, like they will vary a lot. So uh what's a common essential oil black pepper essential oil right i think that's mm. well john baker certainly reckons that's the most widely used essential oil look <clears throat> black pepper essential oil will vary dramatically depending on where you get it um to a profound level so you know if you get some from say i don't know who sounds black like premier baits for example i don't know if they do it or not and then you get one from oils for life like they're quite possibly going to need totally different levels. So I know it's not the answer you want, but it really does depend on the type of oil that you get. It depends where you get it from, like how how concentrated it is, how it's been extracted. Um, so yeah, tough one to answer. If this hasn't, if you've got, if you directly have an essential oil you want to use, you want to just message us. I'll message you back directly and say, you know, what I'd do with it um, because I realise we're being a bit vague. But yeah, it just depends on the oil really does doesn't it absolutely yeah every single oil is different mm -hmm. yeah and just as i just said just because it's black pepper oil um don't think they're all the same strength because they're no. definitely not no some of the ones on ebay for example which you can get for like 99p just aren't worth a 99p because oh uh, yeah yeah no yes that's worth saying as well isn't it you know mm. get a good quality essential oil um, there's different extraction methods obviously they can buy they can water down you know just because it says a pure essential oil yeah don't be fooled by that um stick to a, a reputable company is that mm. the right word pete that's yeah reputable i mean nutribates used to be the one didn't it reputable 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 there we go <laughs> is that right yeah it sounds good to me <laughs> the beers every the, the every day's a learning day when they Every day's a learning day when you speak to Pete, you know. Always bringing his education out, isn't you? Yeah, I think you've just self-educated yourself on that one, mate. That was that was, that was a one-way conversation. Hmm. Fair enough. So, yeah, hopefully that helps. Um, just, just send us a message. Tell us which essential oil you've got. I'll put you straight on it, mate. I've done a savage amount of testing on different essential oils over the last year or so. Um so yeah, let me know. I'll uh, not that I've got all the answers. I'm not saying that, but um, I, I could probably give you a good starting point. Um, next question, we gotta we gotta roll through these now. Um, Jeff the Noddy says, "How shit has spring been?" 
I don't know, man. A lot of people are saying that, but there's been a fair few decent fish come out at different points. So, hmm. if you're talking about general weather, just for you know moving around, yeah, it's been it's been a shocking spring, isn't it? Really, mm. compared to last year, freaking worlds apart, aren't we? Oh God, yeah, hugely. Hmm. Next question, CSL. Uh, this is from Frid Paul. That's all he's put. CSL. Mm. Marcus Watts in Cornwall. If people want to look up Mirage Bates, he's got an interesting one at the minute. He's got a, a CSL that he's selling. Um, and he's got like an activator for it as well, um, which I know people have been raving about. Uh, I've got some. It's an old school. See, see, CSL has changed a lot, hasn't it, over the years? Yeah. So his is like old school style, right? It yes, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I think he's only got a limited supply of it, um, so it's worth checking out. I think you can find him on Facebook. Isn't the problem though that it is like genuinely old school? <laughs> well, it, like he, I believe it is. Yeah, <laughs> like he's just bought fifteen-year-old stock that got found in a found in a warehouse or something. Is that am I right, Pete? I wouldn't know, mate. Um, I think there's better things out there right now. If you're looking for a liquid to add attraction, I mean, there's some very good hydrolysates around at the moment. Um, I appreciate a lot of them are thicker than CSL. If you if you need a thinner thing, then just water them down with water or or a thinner liquid such as the squid brandfish sauce. Um, that's my take on that. I don't know if you've got anything to add to that, Pete. No, no, I don't think so. Um, throwback carp, which is another long-term listener. I believe he's in Toronto. I believe uh, someone who's messaged us a lot, which is always nice. Um, how to discover? Oh God, good question. How to discover new additives and bait ingredients that are not available in the bait shop? Good question, isn't it? Yeah, I was now. The, the internet is your friend. Well, so much springs to my mind, and it was a conversation we had the other day, and I don't know if you're going to want to say it or not, Pete, um, but you were talking to someone who could remain nameless, who spoke to someone else very well known in the industry. Mm-hmm. about. Do you want to relay this story? No, because I've not? got no idea what you're going to go with yet. Oh, the story you told me, I think it was last week, you were speaking to someone in the industry who was speaking to someone else in the industry mm-hmm. who they wanted to bring the bait out and they wanted to base it all off of a certain powder. Yeah. Do you want to bring that up or not? Uh, yeah, I mean, you can do, mate, if we're, if we're doing it. You you go ahead. You go, you go, and, you go and say. Um, Where's your thing? It's basically... Yeah, it's, it's not my thing. It's um, basically, I, I don't know, I think a lot of the time these companies and people are releasing baits and they're just sort of clutching at straws. So, for example, yeah. the next big thing might just be a very good marketing idea and everyone will jump on the bandwagon and actually there's probably been next to no testing on it. Um, and it's just pulling out an idea out of fresh air that they can sell to people and they know it will sell more to the point than it'll actually work. Yeah, definitely. I mean... I think there's a couple of ways to look at it, isn't there? It's like when you start looking into bait deeper, it's like, well, why is it working? Okay, this ingredient's really good. 
the best way is to test it. And, you know, if you think back to our Bill Cotton episode, which was enlightening, I mean, a lot of the time, you know, we were asking, like, so why is this ingredient really good? He's like, it just works. Like, the fish like it. That's all you need to know. You know, and it's it's this whole mentality of, like, test, 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 which is obviously very, very valid and really important. Mm-hmm. And obviously, ultimately, you've got to test it against the fish and they will tell you everything they need to know. Um, but also, if you think about ingredients and once you get to learn about them, you think, okay, well, why is X ingredient working very well? Is it the amino acid profile? Is it the free aminos? Is it the organic acids? Is it just very high in nucleotides or something like that? Once you start identifying this, you'll see patterns in debate and then baits and bait ingredients, they never look the same, do they, Pete? Nope. Once you understand what they're doing. And then you might you might have been reading about a couple of ingredients. Maybe you listen to a podcast where they're talking about a couple of things and you're like, fucking hell, I need these two ingredients in my bait. Maybe they're bringing the same things to the table. Like maybe they're giving the bait the same things, in which case it's no point including both of them because they're just serving you shitloads of nucleotides is just as a random example mm-hmm. right so you want to know what that bait or what that ingredient is actually doing right once you've got all of that then maybe you've got a better understanding and you're in a better position to go out and think ooh x ingredient might be a really good shout because it's quite possibly high in you know free aminos for example or whatever it might be um, I don't know if that helps or or if I've made sense there or not. I don't know if you can add to it, Pete. But I think realistically, if you're in the realms of trying to find new ingredients that that are going to deliver the goods with a bait, generally, you know, you're probably going to be a bit more advanced in the bait world. You're going to understand how ingredients work, or at least you should understand how they work. And yeah, I would just say look at that that kind of thing. Um, a lot of the very effective bait ingredients are derived from animals, you know, and that's no coincidence. So I think that's something to think about in its own. I think a good person to speak to about that would be Jason Ryder, wouldn't it? Because he spends a lot of his time, I think, looking for something new. Uh, I think when it comes to bait, that's something that that, that ticks his boxes, isn't it? Looking for that new thing. Um, He touched on it, didn't he, in our previous pod. And we're speaking to Jason on Saturday, aren't we? We are, yeah. So maybe we could bring it up. Put it to the man. We'll forget. You know we'll forget. <laughs> Potentially. Yeah. <laughs> well, mate. Yeah, I'll, we'll try and remember. I'm going to be sober for that one completely. So. Mm. Mm. There we go. I'll remember. Are you drinking? Do you know what, mate? I honestly haven't had a drink. I can't believe it. I've brought beers with me and I haven't even opened one up. Mm. You're loose now. I'm, I'm sensing it. Yeah, I've had quite a few beers. Uh, at the minute, I've just cracked open a Brewdog Lost, mm. uh, which is a Planet First Lager, Pete, let me tell you. Um, United We Stand for Better Beer, fiercely defiant and independent. Um, I'd like to take a moment to, to discuss this beer, actually. Uh, the world's first carbon-negative beer. Drink beer, plant trees, the lost forest. In the Scottish Highlands is our big reforestation plan to help create a carbon clean planet i mean it's that's all it says actually i was was expecting more the highlands Uh, in scotland isn't the kind of place i think of that's sort of suffered deforestation and they need to grow more trees 
I've just come back from Scotland. Yeah. I was up there for like four or five days. Five days. Was, de- mm. was the deforestation an issue? Or... I mean, I went all over the spot. I don't know. I wouldn't... <laughs> I was all over the place. Um, I don't know. Yeah, interesting. It's just not the kind of thing you think of in Scotland, is it? No, but maybe it's a space where they have scope to plant trees. Yeah. So maybe it's not that they're just like lacking trees in Scotland. Well, I suppose there's not that many trees. I guess there's, yeah, I don't know. It's a lot of highland and we went all around Sky and the Isle of Sky. It's a lot nice. of open land, isn't it? Mm. Um, do they need trees? I don't know. Maybe it's just a nice spot to plant some trees. It's open to the elements, know. isn't it? Trees probably don't grow very well there because of the nature of the the land. I don't have a freaking mm. clue. God knows what I'm talking about here. Just... Sounds good though, doesn't it? Planting <laughs> trees sounds great. Yeah. There's a guy that's um, tuned into the the kind of like cult ale style. What's it called? Not cult ale. Like microbreweries. Mm-hmm. What's this modern ale style thing called? There's a name for it. Anyway, there's a guy that's like a bit of a name in that. He wants to come on our podcast, doesn't he? Yeah. We'll have to get him on. Yeah, for sure. For sure. That'll be a good one, especially if he provides the beer, mm. which I'm hoping. That's one of the ones you want to do an in-person one. Well, he can post, can't he? <laughs> yeah. He can. Yeah, he can, yeah. Well, if not, fuck him. He ain't coming on. No, just joking. Um, there we go. Anyway, moving on. I feel like this is going downhill. Um, where are you up to with the questions? Uh... That's it. Nice. That's all the questions done. Well, mate, I mean, mate, I mean, we've been okay. This podcast isn't going to be this long, but we've been recording for over two hours now. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on, mate? Not really. I think this is a bit of a catch-up episode, isn't it? Um, sure. I was obviously as we as we said before, it's been a while since we've done one of these. Um, it's just for un, unforeseen circumstances. To be honest, as Pete said. Um, you know he's he's been going through some some tough times with family and and uh i appreciate you maybe you don't want to go into detail about that pete or you obviously can if you want but yeah it's just been very difficult isn't it to nail one of these down and this that and the other um so yeah i think this this episode just serves as a bit of a catch up um we're still going to be producing these episodes without a lot of message like you know wondering where the hell we are um probably worth mentioning isn't it that we did have to take down the bill cotton episode yeah and i think a lot of people fair few people have thought that we're getting sued or something (laughs) like that and that's why we're not producing podcasts that is that's not the case um we took that episode down i have to be careful what i say uh out of respect for, for 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 bill um not because we had to, not because any company wanted us to. And there's a lot of speculation going around about why we had to take it down. Um, it's not that we did it out of respect to Bill. Um, and when when Bill feels it's okay to bring it back online, um, then we'll do that. We'll probably edit it a little bit. Not that we were naughty or anything, but you know, it's just to, to make sure we're not uh, discussing anything that possibly shouldn't be discussed. So we'll probably re-edit it and bring it out. We also have a part two of Bill as well, so you've got that to look forward to. 
Um, but yeah, don't worry, guys. Like the podcast is not ending. We're going to keep going. Um, we will be more regular than we have been. We'd like to pop one out every other week, Pete, would you say? Yeah, I think that's the goal, isn't it? Every other week's comfortable. Mm. And like you say, I mean, we're going to get two done this week and then the ball's firmly rolling again. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and actually I've just remembered part of, uh, I think it was John Dubu's question we didn't answer, is he was asking us what we've learned from the podcast, but he also asked us who we would like to have on. I think we should cover that because that's a good question, right? Hmm. Yeah. No, who would is. you like to see? It, it just me and you talking now, really. <sighs> who Who would you like to have on, mate? Oh, mate. I honestly, I honestly don't know. I think we. Um. I would like to get Frank Warwick on. Um. I think Frank Warwick would be a very entertaining but, guest. He He's coming on. He said he's going to do it. Mm-hmm. So he's we he he'll be. Co- he should be coming on at some point. Um, and I'm pretty damn sure he's a man of his word and it will make it happen. It's just a time thing. So, yes, Frank Warwick will happen. Um, mate, I'll tell you who I've seen quite a lot of their sort of media stuff at the moment. Um, and his, oh, hang on one sec. I've dropped me recording device. Um, his podcast with uh, Nash was, was fantastic. Somebody I'd like to speak to would be Adam Pennin. I think he'd be a great guest. We had so we had Adam Penning on, didn't we? We just didn't. His internet kept dropping had, out, mate. That was the problem. <laughs> internet kept dropping out. We didn't. It just. We said, look, we'll do it another time, and then we never got round to it. Um, and then he ended up doing some other podcast, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Just leaving us in the in the dirt, didn't he? Really, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Turned his turned his back on us. Yeah. Um. Mm. But yeah, I think I'd like to speak with Adam Penning. Um, he's one of the... What, just to have it out of him? Yeah, pretty much, mate. <laughs> no, I think he's, he's one of the people who, I guess when I was getting into carp fishing a long time ago, was was fairly influential, really. Um, he's back with uh, Drennan and ESP and that. That's yeah. it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I just think yeah. he'd be a good, good guest, good chat. He's just someone I'd probably take... like to sit down and talk to, oh, shit. even if not on a podcast, just on a just on a conversational level. Mm. For me, I tell you who I—I I mean, there's loads of people I'd love to have on, um, but Jeff Bowers, Ooh. like, but I mean, big ones for me. Sean Harrison. I mean, we got Sean Harrison on when we were pretty fresh into this, weren't we? Yeah. Uh, that was big for me because I've I've read Sean Harrison's writings for years. Uh, so that was big for me. John Baker was big for me. I uh, really enjoyed that. Um, Jeff Bowers would be fantastic. Yeah, I don't think he does this kind of thing. i tell you someone else, actually, who, you know, it, probably not as big a name as, as John Baker, etc. Um, but Kenny Gates, who I get bait from, mm. he would be an amazing guest. Um, and quite a few people message me, actually. A surprising amount of people were like, you're going to get Kenny on, etc., I guess they do that because I've mentioned that I use his bait a few times on the podcast. And I guess I just wanted to kind of get to know him a little. I envisaged I'd be going down to get bait from him more often than I have done. And I guess I just wanted to get to know him a little bit better first. But yeah, he'd be a good guest as well. Um, Kevin Ellis would be a great guest as well. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I know he's like, obviously the Kevin Ellis fish is... 
think he's been riding that for a while. I'm sure he wouldn't mind me saying. But, I mean, still, very interesting guy. And just a character. I mean, there's... I think going on about characters, there's lots of characters in Carp Anglin, isn't there? Which would make great guests. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, the older the older lot, I, I would... I'd really want to get on. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's what sort of um, our listenership sort of, I think a, a, a lot of sort of, I don't know, guys who are maybe 40 plus. Would you agree? Yeah, I guess so. It sort of, sort yeah. of resonates um, with them, those type of guests. Um, we're not all about the drum and bass. Yeah, I think we, yeah, we've definitely got a sort of niche in the, in the market, haven't we? Mm. Um, as you'd say. With the older lot, maybe the more old, older school, like the older hands, maybe, which is nice. I don't know why they want to listen to a couple of fucking idiots like us, but um, yeah, no, it's nice. And um, yeah, and by the way, like, that's the other thing. It never um, ceases to amaze me, like, who listens to this podcast as well? Oh, yeah. We can't believe it, can we? Like, we, we were obviously not going to name drop and not going to be dickheads about it, but like, we're, we're just there's some big names listen to us, and it's like that's fucking crazy because we're just just a couple of idiots with a microphone, you know, and 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 some strong opinions. Like, that's pretty much it, and it's crazy who does listen to these things or who do listen to these things. I guess is is correct English, but um. Yeah, I mean, if you're one of those older, older hands and, you know, you've got some tales to tell, like, and you're you're listening, like, you know, reach out, let us know. We're we're always, you know, happy to get new guests on. Um, quite a few of our guests we want to get back on, but I don't want the podcast to be like a, just this churnover of the same guests, as amazing as our previous guests are. Um, and they've got lots to say. Like, we want new guests as well. We want to keep it fresh. Uh, hopefully, you know what I mean when I say all that. Mm-hmm. Um, like, we've got Jason Ryder coming back on, um, which is, he's, I love talking to Jason. He's a great guest. But we wouldn't want to just keep having him and Dean on repeat, for example. You know, we want new people coming on. So, if you know anyone that would make a great guest, or even if you listen and think you've got a few tales to tell, yeah, reach out, let us know. We want new people. Um, and we just want to just shoot the shit about carp fishing, basically, don't we, you know? Um, yeah. Oh, that reminds me. We also, I think, want to do, well, I've been thinking about this a lot, Pete, is a local Legends mm. series. I spoke to you about that, right? Yeah, you have. Basically, anglers that they're not, they're not in the limelight. They're not writing for the magazines. They're not, you know, so-called superstars. They're what they say. They're like, you know, local legends, people just getting on with their carp angling, catching some amazing fish, you know, quote, unquote, under the radar, as you'd say. Um, there's a there's one guy that springs to mind, and I spoke to him who fishes the water park. He's not keen for it because he just wants to stay very private, which I totally respect. But, you know, people like him would just, they would just make phenomenal guests. Mm-hmm. Um, and who knows? I might be able to get him on. Um, he's an extremely passionate guy. You could you could hear him. Like he could tell you about how he's, you know, how he brushes his teeth in the morning and you'd be wrapped up in it, you know. He's that kind of guy. It just so happens that he also catches some, you know, real lovely carp. Uh, and he's, you know, he, he does it in quite interesting ways. So he'd be a great guest. But there's loads of people like that that we'd like to do and just kind of lesser-known people um 
for example, sort of Stephen White, he approached us, didn't he? Yeah, exactly. And his, um, his podcast is so somebody who's approached us who wanted to sort of come on and just, just talk to us about bait was one of the most sort of fascinating, engaging podcasts we've had. So what I'm saying is if there's any listeners out there who think they'd like to come on and just have a chat with us, just send a message and we'll see where it can go. If you're passionate about angling, then, uh, you know, I think everyone, everyone has a good story to tell, don't they? If they've been fishing long enough. Absolutely. Everyone. Fucking hell, well, that's a good point. We should do another episode where we're telling past stories. Um, <laughs> I just, it just shines us in a bad light, mate. <laughs> oh, God. More so me, let's be honest. <laughs> well, yeah, you can't, yeah, you've got no doubt on me, mate. I've got no, yeah, I haven't. I've got no, I must have some dirt on you, but it's clean, very mate. limited. I keep it clean. You do, don't you? Mm, yeah. Yeah. I must say, recently, we have definitely switched roles. So I, when we were, when when I used to live in Cornwall, we used to fish together, I was the crazy one. But now, Pete, I mean, you are posh Pete, don't get me wrong, you're, you're pretty fucking straight. But uh, you're always the first to spark a beer. You're always the first to, <laughs> you are. Yeah, you do something irresponsible. Yeah, yeah. Times have changed, mate. Times have changed a little bit. That's it. Well, mate, yeah. Well, hot news, actually, mate. And we should say on the podcast, congratulations to Sam, because you are now engaged to be wed, aren't you? So maybe this is why yeah. you'll be insensible. Maybe. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Pop the question. Yeah. Okay. Getting, getting grown up, I guess. Yeah. Getting old, mate. Got to happen at some point, mate. I know. I've left it a long time, to be fair. But yeah. Right. Is that, is that a good time to round up, do we think? I think so, mate. Happy days. End on a low note, shall we? What you know, my you demise. Know, I thought you'd be buzzing. I thought you'd be happy, but no. <laughs> <laughs> Your poor yeah. missus, mate. You've said some horrible things. Oh, <laughs> why would you Why would you say that? And that, Why would you think that's a good note to end on? I thought it was... Oh, I'd say you say horrible things. You've mate, said some horrible things about her, haven't you? Sport, well, we've had people message in and be like, I can't believe you said that about your missus. Um, like what? Mate, was it the Spodcast one? I think you sort of said like... Oh, yeah. Yeah. We had a few people message mate, in saying, I can't believe you said that about your missus. She don't listen anymore. Phew. Anything else to add, Pete? Anything else you want to go over? Or are we going to wrap this thing up? No. Time to wrap it up, mate. It is time to wrap it up. Super late. It is super quiet on the lake, and I've realised that my <sighs> I have relaxed into the podcast, mate, and my voice is quite loud. What I what I didn't say when you sort of said to set the scene, I've come down to the lake, and there's there's, there's quite a few sort of match guys, um, and bizarrely they've got like tents set up in the car park, and they're sleeping in the car park, but they've left all their gear and the swims overnight. So I had to get one of them to shift all his gear. So we we're a bit late starting. Um, I don't know what the time is now because my phone is glued to my ear, but it's it's pretty late, I'm assuming. So that is weird, isn't it? Because it's it's definitely not a match venue, is it? Um, I've spoke to the guys. And probably um, they they've like grown up down here. They're all family, um, and they come. They have their membership. They live up country, but they have their membership to the club, and it's just very special to them. And they come down for trip every year yeah it's definitely not a match venue i never saw anyone i only ever saw carp anglers there 
Yeah, I've seen it that yeah, way. There's a lot of pleasure anglers on here at the moment. All through the winter, actually. Yeah, I spent a lot of time down here, sort of, sort of ledging around and stuff, and speaking to the, the pleasure anglers. They were here every week. What are they fishing for? It's bream, mate. It's big. There's some big tension here. It's a very special tench, actually. Um, perch, roach, big roach, actually, as well. How big are the roach and the perch? Oh, per- right, the perch numbers, so I don't fish perch. Uh, sorry, tench. Sorry, tench. Um, uh, oh, and perch. Well, I think the, the perch sort of used to have a lot of big perch in here, but there's not so many around anymore. But I think it's sort of like two, two, two and a half pounders, something like that. Um, mm. And tench, mate, some, well, I was showing a photo of a tench, I think something like seven pound came out the other day. It's a fairly hefty tench. It is for Cornwall as well, isn't it? Mm. Don't know if you can remember sort of Retallic, mate. Those tench in there used to grow big. Fight like hell. Hmm. Always in bad condition. Yeah. Yeah, they weren't the nicest tench, to be honest, were they? No. Just big and powerful. Mm. I don't remember them being that big, to be honest. Mm, I, I suppose there, there was a lot of sort of like five pounders in there, wasn't there? Yeah. Yeah, they're pretty savage. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. What about the bream? How how big did the bream go there? Do you know what? I don't have any bream. I've not I've not caught any bream out of here. Um, so I don't know. I have no idea, to be honest. We all know I was a specimen bream hunter back yeah. in my real tree days. Absolutely, mate. <laughs> I look forward to your birthday. <laughs> yeah. Don't even know why I put your photo. Oh, it was your birthday, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll do it. God, mate, those photos are awful. <laughs> <clears throat> Not that bad. <laughs> Not that bad. <laughs> no. No. You've got a photo of me. Um, oh, no, I've got a photo of you. Do you remember that night? We fished, I don't remember where it was. Um, probably wouldn't want to name it on here anyway. Um, but do you remember that night? I'm embarrassed myself now. I was really upset about a girl. Mm. Do you? Yeah, well, you went for a little phase, didn't you? Yeah, I think it. my life at that point was pretty shit, wasn't it? And I think this was like probably the straw that just broke me. Um, but yeah, I remember that night quite well, actually. And, uh, actually, no, it's not a picture of me. I thought you had a picture of me snuggled up to like a bap, but I think I've got a picture of you snuggled up to a bap. Is that right? Like a bread bap. Oh yeah, probably. Mate, I, <laughs> yeah, and no, I do remember that. It's a good photo. I don't know who it is or me or you. No, I can't remember. It's fucking mate, years ago. This is, yeah. Oh God, it's a bit of a shit story, but that morning, you'd put like a photo of me all snuggled up with a bread roll on social media. And then weirdly in the night, I took a photo of you, like all snuggled up to something. <laughs> I don't know, mate. I think we've got a photo of each other. Um, mate, that was the night that, I don't know if you can remember this, but my car had broke down or my battery had gone or something. Um, and where the car park was, I was parked on a real slope and it was blocking you in. 
Can you remember that? And the only way we could get my car oh, out, remember. we had to put the unhooking I mats <laughs> between. Didn't I? I drove into your car, didn't I? And just pushed it up. Yeah, mate. We put our unhooking mats between the bumpers, <laughs> and you just fucking shunted me up a hill. I remember that. Yeah, I do remember that yeah, actually. Yeah, good memories, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot I forget, isn't there? Just mm. misspent youth, but loads of beers. I do, but that is one of the things I remember. Um, I was really cut up about a girl, wasn't I? Yeah, you, you were. Yeah. I don't, which is not usually me, but for whatever reason, fucking hell, that got to me, didn't it? Um, yeah, you were in a funny God, place, mate. Fuck. I was in a bad place. I mean, I remember crying on the bank and not to give it the big one macho, but I'm not the kind of guy to cry over a girl. Really not. But uh, yeah, life was bad, wasn't it, for me back then? Um, yeah, I see. I don't remember. I can remember good. you being upset about it, but you, you brought it up the other day and I can't. I was a bit like, it took me a while to sort of to jog it. Um, I brought it up the other day? Yeah, you did. I think maybe on our social. Yeah. We did our social. Right. I don't think you were... I... Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. God, just... Life's just changed a hell of a lot, hasn't it? Mm. Over the last sort of... Mate, 15 years, 15, yeah. Damn. Yeah. God, it's a long time, isn't it? But it is, it? It is and it isn't. I mean, f yeah, on one hand it is, but on another hand... Doesn't seem that fucking long ago, does it? No. No, not at all. It's 15, 15, 15 years blinks by. Five years blinks by, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just scary. It's just life is scary and as far as time goes. I know, mate. You know? Like your kids are little adults now. <laughs> yeah. Mental. Yeah. Actually mental. Tyler would beat you in a fight. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure he would, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tyler, um, yeah, it's just crazy, isn't it? Yeah, life's crazy, moves quick, and um, yeah, there we go. Anyway, I feel like probably should round this podcast up, right? Yeah, for sure. Cool. That's it. Boom, we're out. Good night.